Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noizera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Ideological Adaptation, Crusade for COVID, and America Cancelled. That's right. You got governors and mayors saying that we should cancel Thanksgiving, and you know they're eyeing Christmas. Crazy. On top of that, you literally have the technocrats, Klaus Schwab, and others beginning to talk about the global reset, the great reset, but it's a good thing. Talking about it so much that they're beginning to externalize the hierarchy, getting people to get involved with the creation of the technocracy and more. A secret, ultra-wealthy elite group of environmentalists trying to carry out Agenda 2030. Yeah, for sure. This is an information-packed episode you're not going to want to miss. But first, a few quick updates. If you guys have not listened to the Entering the Darkest Winter cast we did earlier this week, I literally drilled down two, using two articles that are featured in the description bar below, talking about Joe Biden's COVID-19 plan. We feature a lot more of this in this week's episode, how they'll use uh, black celebrities and influencers to try to uh, blacken up the COVID vaccine shot because they know blacks and minorities have a history of being lied to by the American government. Yeah, for sure, we're living in crazy days as we enter the twilight of 2020. Uh, Last update, and then I'll go ahead and start the episode for you guys. Join our Telegram channel. We recently updated, or at least uploaded, that 2009 documentary by Zendrius, Conspiratus, Satanic Satanic Illuminati Conspiracy. I'll put the link for that and everything else in the description bar below. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Zero, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1039, episode 39. You know, we're coming up on uh, Thanksgiving, and I've been hitting, I've been firing on all cylinders basically like all year, and... The holiday season has definitely ran up on us. And uh, did you guys know Thanksgiving was next week? I didn't. I, I, I truly didn't. Uh, I have been so in the zone with all of this that I have neglected some of those uh, holiday relinquishments, man. You know, I remember having Adam Nixon of the Wayfinder podcast, you know, and, and we were just talking about how the cycles of humanity are a real thing and how we have to sometimes purge our emotions and that's why we have traditions that's why we have cultures that's why we go through these types of again cycles because we're not supposed to sometimes get tunnel vision like we all have these days bad things can happen from that yes it's good to you know be dialed in and you know be aware of these things but it's also good to get a fresh perspective get a fresh perspective on things you know looking at things a little bit differently uh not seeing with rosy eyes but taking the time to really look around you you know and again get that different perspective I you know that might be because we got four more chickens 
and you know we whipped up a little coop for him lickety split got some food for him and got him all set up in what seems like half the amount of time because we had all the equipment and it, it, it wasn't our first rodeo but you know we're supposed to go through these cycles of growth both of sadness sorrow discontent but also joy bliss gratuity appreciation and that's why we have this thing called thanksgiving because you're supposed to be thankful you're supposed to say thank god i made it this year thank god i was able to come around my family thank god i'm able to go through things you know i have a saying uh i don't believe in mistakes only lessons i haven't learned yet and that's again a part of the growth and so, you know, we're going to be getting into some pretty heavy stuff, as always, but I want people to understand this, that this is one of the reasons why they don't want us to congregate, not only so that we can give glory to God, you know, really review the year, have, have, have meaningful discussion, but also so that, you know, control can be extended to such a radical degree that we just capitulate. That's not cool, you know, but... I'm not saying you guys are family. I have no idea who half of you guys are or who the majority of people are who listen. But the relationship that we have formed over the years, covering these types of things, having this type of relationship, communicating these type of very, very difficult and controversial topics, it really is something. And so if there is anything I can say to both my, my allies and my adversaries, it's that if you do make it around the Thanksgiving table this time of year, take time to appreciate those that made it there with you. This year has this year has been hard on everybody. You are not alone in that, my friends. But thank God that you were able to go through these things. You know, again, talking about how I don't believe in mistakes, only lessons I haven't learned yet. Yeah, you know. But thank God that you're able to make them. I tell people that all the time around me, like, hey, you know, thank God that you're on the right side of the ground that you're able to still be able to get up and you know oh, go through the motions oh, you, 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 you're still able to affect change you're on the right side of the ground you need to be grateful for that you need to be thankful for your life it get took for me real quick just like that like a lot of our lives and our lifestyle has been and so be grateful Truly, maybe I'm a 90s kid. I heard it all the time. There are starving kids in Africa. You better finish that plate. It's, 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 it's bigger than that. It's kind of like the pay it forward type mindset. You know, maybe that's it for me. But the, the ultimate me- message I want to start with, with with this transmission is just that we're going into a holiday season. I don't think people know what the word thankful or grateful or appreciative means these days uh, because we have definitely been jaded by everything that has taken place this entire year, you know, through COVID and more. I would hope that because of COVID and more, we become more grateful for, you know, the things that we do have. I definitely am. You guys may have heard me mention this, and then I'll start getting into the topics with you guys. I got more chickens. (laughs) Yep, just like that. We went from having 11 chickens to nine chickens uh, to two chickens to where we're back to six. We're back to six chickens. Some of my egg production's up, except not really. These are little baby chicks. One of them's name is Popcorn. He's the rooster. 
<laughs> oh man. Uh, but again, this is life. This is the cycle. So it's it's just crazy because you know I got the pandemic chicks at the start of the first wave or the first lockdown, and here I am with a new set of chicks as we go into lockdown number two. Uh, but I don't know. You know, maybe that's maybe maybe that's just how my mind works. You know because I have a lot of different things going on and I'm just always trying to figure out how to effectively organize them. The best way I can is to show them in the appreciation in the time frame that I have. And that's all I can really impart there to you guys is just learn to be thankful because both your life and lifestyles can be taken very quickly. Uh, and you have to give, you have to be grateful for what you have. I really cannot stress that enough. I know I sound like a broken record coming in here saying that, but the world is going to intensify and the things that we're covering are, 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 are going to, you know, clearly explain that. But if there's anything I can tell you, you know, to help you go through all this as you begin to digest this information and conceptualize it, just be grateful that we are able to be here in this capacity. I'll say this, I'll say this last thing and then start getting into the topics with you guys. You know, a lot of people are going to have to go through this awakening process that we've covered over here on the show and on the page for several years. I'm excited because now you can watch that conspiracy documentary that Zendry has put out back in 2009, the Satanic Illuminati Conspiracy. You guys can watch it on our Telegram channel instead of our Instagram channel because I down, or, or our YouTube channel because I downloaded it and uploaded it directly to our Telegram channel. I think that's pretty cool, uh, you know. But we've 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 been doing this for several years now. I have an article that I'm going to cover from you guys about Obama signing the global health security agenda. We've covered that on the show here, but that's how long we've been doing it. There's a lot of people that are going to have to go through this awakening process in a very, very tumultuous time. And the work that we're doing right now, it sets the tone for them. It helps kick down some of those doors. It helps make it more digestible. I just briefly talked to you guys about that documentary that Sindri has put out back in 2009. That made me. The work that we're doing right now kicks down the door for those that come after us. And that's how we have to look at this. We have to put our best foot forward because we don't know who's watching. But it's not about who's watching or how many followers you have or the traffic. It's about the commitment. You see, it's about the work. It's about whether or not you're able to effectively warn the people and prepare them for what's coming. And my friends, that's all I'm here to do. And with that being said, let's start the show. You know, in this segment, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you guys what it is. We're going to talk about the technocracy. Uh, but if you guys listen to the Instagram live we did earlier this week, it's more of a continuation of that ideological adaptation. The externalization of the hierarchy, so to speak. Where they are admitting what they're doing, what their plans are, and what they expect to come from it. You see, again, getting people to love their servitude. Don't just wear a mask. Wear a cute mask. Getting people to, uh, you know, love their enslavement. Go ahead, start mask shaming people. Ideological adaptation. Because we're not a part of the chosen elite, the ones that are handing down these mandates and these edicts that are not laws that override our rights. No, but the people who are carrying out these types of things, the Karens, the Kins, the Kevins, whoever you want to call, the KKK, the people out there enforcing 
these unconstitutional rights, they're not a part of the elect. They're not a part of the tiny few. But the way that they carry themselves, you would think that they are. It's a new form of elitism, you see. And we'll cover that in depth throughout the entirety of this segment here. Let's go ahead and start playing this clip for you guys. Uh, Klaus Schwab, the <laughs> local technocrat, not even local technocrat, the chief technocrat has basically come out making a series of statements telling you what the agenda is. Uh, I think it's actually very crazy how much of the agenda has been revealed in such a short amount of time uh, since the election. It truly does blow my mind. Uh, but here is Klaus Schwab talking about how the Great Reset will lead to a fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identities. Again, pronouncing transhumanism, because as I've said before, there should be no humans in the technocracy, only transhumans. Let's take a listen. It's at the end what, what the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. Uh, when I wrote the book, I started to, to write it for, for years ago. It was published years ago. Um, uh, it was so very interesting all a million times in the world. And um, what, is, what is interesting is that 800,000 copies, more than 800,000 copies of those 2 million were sold in three countries around China, Japan, and South Korea. You may be interested who was the biggest um, buyer with 16,000 copies at the same time. It was the Korean military. Um, because the fourth industrial revolution will have a major impact also on, on, uh, on warfare. On warfare. Very, very. It's, it's the you know, when we're looking at this type of stuff, we're again having people with incalculable amounts of wealth come out and tell us what their overarching agenda is. Right there, the Chicago Council on Global Affairs. You've got to ask yourself the question of, why do they feel so emboldened to do this? Is it because they now know that the, pub the public is ready to be manipulated? Like, you've got to ask yourself the question, of why now? What what has happened now? Have is it because they have control of the media? Is it because they have control of people's minds? Have we been this disenfranchised? Think about this type of stuff. This is it's kind of crazy again to see all this type of stuff come out. Uh, but let me go ahead and start getting into this article. It comes from Summit News. They put this up November sixteenth. It's by Paul Joseph Watson. It says that globalist Klaus Schwab made it clear that transhumanism is an integral part of the, quote, global of the Great Reset. When he said that the fourth industrial revolution will, quote, lead to a fusion of our physical, digital and biological identity, which in his book he clarifies is implantable chips, microchips that can read your thoughts. As we highlighted earlier, quote, the Great Reset is attracting a deluge of fresh attention in the aftermath of the coronavirus pandemic, which Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said was, quote, an opportunity for a reset. We'll go ahead and start getting that clip up together for you guys, because this is crazy. 
again, everybody's coming together. Everybody's organizing. Everybody's saying, hey, this is the plan. This is the great reset. We read it to you just last week. Klaus Schwab was saying that COVID-19, the coronavirus, is not, is, a not, is not an existential threat. It's not. But it allows for us to create a global government. It allows for us a great opportunity to achieve our end goals. And as I said before, you've had uh, UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez call for it, right? Uh, former Prime Minister Tony Blair, as well as other people advocating for a global government due to the coronavirus. Knowing full well that it's not about the virus, no, because they see humans as the virus. It's about consolidating power and control. Here is Justin Trudeau saying that the Great Reset will provide a great opportunity. And then we'll continue on from there. Building back better means giving support to the most vulnerable while maintaining our momentum on reaching the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development and the SDGs. Canada is here to listen and to help. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality, and climate change. There it is. And I cut him off a little bit early, but he was talking about building back better, which was the slogan that Joe Biden used. If you guys listen to this week's Instagram live, I definitely covered that. But think about that right there. Again, they are telling you that that is the fourth industrial revolution. That is the great reset. That is the 2030 agenda that they are trying to achieve the SDGs. So again, it's not about the coronavirus. It's about the consolidation of control. Let me get in this article and then we'll continue on. We put this up November 16th. It comes from Zero Hedge. Quote, the great reset trends on Twitter after Justin Trudeau says the pandemic has provided a quote opportunity. And I'll talk more about the great resist after this. Quote, the great reset began trending on Twitter after Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said the coronavirus pandemic has provided a quote opportunity for a reset. Trudeau made comments during a United Nations video conference back in September, but they are only just now receiving attention. Quote, building back better means getting, to, getting support to the most vulnerable while maintaining our momentum on reaching the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development and the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, said Trudeau. Quote, the pa this pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global extreme poverty, inequality, and climate change. Many Twitter users asserted that the, quote, Great Reset was a conspiracy theory despite the fact that it's an agenda openly espoused by the World Economic Forum and numerous other financial elites and NGOs. And I'll cover that here shortly. We have an article talking about an ultra-elite, super-wealthy club of environmentalists trying to talk about this. Again, ideological adaptation, going out there, letting you know what the plan is. So let's talk this real quick about, about the Great Resist and the Great Reset. What's happening now is it's the same stuff, just a different day. The rulers, like Klaus Schwab, and as we've talked about throughout the entirety of the pandemic, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, Jack Dorsey, Sergey Brin, and Tim Cook, 
and various other technocrats have begun to reveal themselves as the true faces for the controlling elite. You see, they're externalizing their hierarchy. They're saying, hey, did you want to join us? Clearly, you can't be a part of us, a part of the real inner core of the circle, but you can join up with us. What's happening right now is people are having a choice, a gut check. Do they abandon their ideology? Do they abandon their nations? Do they abandon everything that, that was given to them and join up with this new clique, with this technocracy, with the scientific dictatorship? Or do they fight? You see, that's the great resist. You see, because now, as they begin to shut things down, this is a part of the controlled collapse, we have to ask ourselves a question of, do we want to stay with the old world order or take part of this new world order? Something I've talked about time and time again. What types of values, morals, expectations, and standards are we going to bring forward into this new world order? You see them erecting it time and time again. But check this out, friends. With any group of people they get together, they either designate them as terrorists, white supremacists, sexists, bigots, uh, security threats, or more. And now, guess what, gang? They're telling you that you can't even have a Thanksgiving without wearing a mask. Christmas is basically on notice. We'll get in more to America Cancelled in the third segment. But think about this. Again, ideological adaptation, the externalization of the hierarchy, getting you to join up with them, abandon your thought process, your freedom, is a threat. Didn't, didn't Anthony Fauci say this? Americans have an independent spirit, but now is the time to abandon that. Now is the time to do what you're told. Do what you're told. Because this is... The Great Reset. This is 1984. Freedom is slavery. I forget like how the slow how the I forget how the whole slogan goes, but it's like freedom is slavery, truth is lies, and like uh, it, it's the inversion of logic. It's upside down world. You can be as free as you want here with these with with with, with everybody else, or you can join up with this extraordinarily powerful clique. This conglomeration, this cabal, overwrite human existence. This is the great reset versus the great resist. So the awakening that's taking place here in America that we've been talking about for time and time and time and time and time and time again is taking place worldwide now. There are other freedom factions and other nations having this very same discussion about what freedom means. They're aware of the threat because they're having the very same agenda unfold in their own backyard. They're having to have these gut check conversations all the time. The great resist provides for us a great opportunity to change the future, to insert ourselves into the narrative and not just fall away by the wayside. Keep this in mind. We'll talk more about this next week with you guys. But here, let's start getting into stuff with you guys, getting back into uh, the show and the content. Right here, the UN has announced the end to coal power in a global reset world. So there it is, they're telling you. UN Secretary Antonio Gutierrez is telling you we're ending coal. Isn't that what Joe Biden said? That he wants to get, a, he get, he wants to get rid of the oil and gas industry because he's working with this very powerful conglomerate of criminals. 
these people working together. You see, when Trump got us out of the World Health Organization and pulled us away from the Paris Climate Accord and uh, did the whole USMCA, redid uh, NAFTA and all those agreements, what he did for us again is provide an opportunity for us to go back into these deals fully aware of what's happening and asking us, do we want to be a part of this or do we want to have America first? Do we want to get a little bit of, a little bit of, of this pie? Because they're going to do it. But do we want to go along having to foot the bill? I'll get into this and then we'll continue on. Uh, but uh, we put this up November 16th. It's from Nima Harris. It's by News Punch. They said that uh, UN has announced the end to coal power in the global reset world. Again, a part of the 2030-2050 agenda. The world must stop building coal power plants and instead usher in green alternatives in a post-coronavirus reset world, UN Secretary and General Antonio Gutierrez declared on Saturday. Speaking to the East Asia Summit 2020 via video message, Gutierrez called on all world leaders to reject coal and join together in seeking alternatives. Gutierrez ordered leaders to, quote, use the COVID-19 recovery effort to build green, climate-resilient economies and work towards carbon neutrality by 2050. Quote, this will incidentally also drive the job creation that will reduce inequality and address the air pollution that is choking many Asian cities. I commend the recent decisions of China, Japan, and the Republic of Korea committing to net zero, commission, or net zero emissions, the globalist added. Quote, Countries also need to put a price on carbon and end subsidies for, full, for fossil fuels. Our response to the COVID-19 crisis must be aligned with the Paris Agreement and the Sustainable Development Goals. In all these efforts, you can count on the use support from the United Nations systems. Breitbart.com reports that, quote, or going on to say that his call mirrors, the, mirrors that by the World Economic Forum back in July, foreshadowing, foreshadowing its desire to rebuild the world in a fashion of its own design once the coronavirus pandemic is over. As Breitbart News reported, the World Economic Forum Executive Chairman, Klaus Schwab, said that, said that the coronavirus crisis presents an opportunity for a, quote, new kind of capitalism, a, quote, great reset of global economies, politics, and societies. Precisely, talking more about the socioeconomic reformation, the sociopolitical reformation, the fourth industrial revolution, this massive paradigm shift that's taking place as they transfer us from the old world order into this new world order, complete with smart cities and all kinds of other surveillance, techno surveillance technology and more. We have another article talking about uh, brain assessments, scan uh, threat assessments via brain scans. This is another thing that the globalist Klaus Schwab has advocated for. You see, we're, we're, we're creeping into the days of, of, of pre-crime, of the minority report. The social credit score. If these jabronis can get you to wear a mask for a less than lethal virus inside your house on Thanksgiving, there's no end to the tyranny that they will extend to. You see, this is why I'm always saying that resistance is existence. But at the same time, we just can't rebel and then resist. We also have to come up with a plan because our adversaries are extraordinarily sophisticated. And if we spend half of our time chasing these demons, running after smoke, we're always going to be behind. We have to ask ourselves, do we want to seat at the table? What is it that we're trying to achieve? Knowing full well that they'll manipulate it. But what is it that we're trying to achieve? Uh, 
I'll, I'll ponder that another time. But uh, continuing on, more of the ideological adaptation, and then I have a a couple quick articles to go through from you got go go through with you guys right here. More of the externalization of the hierarchy, where they're saying who they are, what they're doing, what their goals are, and how it's not really philanthropy. They're not doing this because they want you to like them. They're doing this out of out of the, out of a necessity. When they say politics is downwind from culture, well. Look at, Greta, look at Greta Thunberg. Look at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Look at how people have gradually ratcheted up their rhetoric because of these things. So when I say ideological adaptation, you now have a secretive club for ultra-wealthy environmentalists being revealed. Think about this. They're going to advocate for population control. You know that. That's what eco-extremists are. That's what environmentalists are. And that's what's happening right now. And I said this at the start of the pandemic, and as we make this transition into a completely different one, they're going to say that humans are the problem, that we are the real virus, and that we must be purged, that they must clean up the earth and us, and that we must stop our sinful ways. Let me get into this. We put this up November 17th. It comes from Activist Post. It says the ultra-wealthy investor is looking to direct vast sums of money into green investments, perhaps to atone for climate sins, have been joining in a secretive nonprofit dedicated to speeding up the flow of capital in, into investments that can slow global warming, according to Bloomberg. The club, the Creo Syndicate, works with around 200 families who pay a very reasonable flat fee to join and must commit to making their first investment in climate and sustainability within six months, according to the founder and director, Regine Clement. Now, think about that. Not only do you have to pay, but you have to have something to show for your commitment to basically Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. What are you doing to fix the planet? What are you put your money where your mouth is? Most people don't understand this because they really don't. But these are people who are not only ideologically committed, but also financially invested in seeing an agenda carried out. Let me continue on. It says Creo's members include investor Jerome Grantham and Nate Simmons, the son of Renaissance Technologies billionaire founder James Simmons. According to the report, quote, part of part of building trust with the wealthy family is keeping their secrets. In addition to Grantham and Simmons, the group's ranks include other well-known billionaires whose names Creo won't disclose. A mantra is, quote, no tourists allowed. Quote, this is not philanthropy. This is investment, said Clement. Add in the quote, we grow entirely through in introductions. We never seek out a family. Creo currently has over $800 billion under management. $800 billion under management being invested, being thrown around. This is who's going to fund the Green New Deal. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal. When you have private companies, <laughs> wow, that's so crazy. Private companies funding a global agenda. Continuing on, it says, acting essentially as a mini-investment bank, the nonprofit vets approximately 300 deals per year, connecting member investors with potential partners while researching technologies for future investments. And because Creo makes no fees on any deals and ultra-wealthy families generally aren't trying to pitch to each other, there's not a lot of hidden agendas. Quote, members have invested in everything from batteries and hydrogen fuel to regenerative farmland and greener, pa greener product packaging. Portfolios include still unproven technologies such as methods for carbon capture and true long shots like fusion reactors. 
The key to Creo's success, members say, is how to get very wealthy investors in the same room or on the same Zoom call. Quote, you have people with a decade of experience and people with a month of experience, says a longtime member, Ruben Munger, a hedge fund manager who founded Vision Ridge Partners as its family office and later turned it into an investment firm. With more than $1 billion under management, it specializes in sustainable assets. Those intended in joining Creo must have assets of at least $100 million and pass a board approval process. The investments aren't mainstream. However, according to Spring Lane's Capital Managing Director Christian Zabal, co-chair of Creo's board, quote, it's fine because these families are comfortable being pioneers. Adding, quote, what Creo is doing today is essentially a preview of what institutional capital will do very shortly. Isn't that what Klaus Schwab said? Advocating for a new type of capitalism. Well, isn't that it right there? Where you get wealthy families to invest. Get wealthy families to create the future. It, 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 it's so crazy. That's why they say Trump represents like the archetype of what like old America is. You know, where you're building up buildings, where you're, 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 you're buying up golf clubs and stuff like this. Like, he represents that image. That's why, you know, you have, again, a bunch of billionaire wealthy families funding all the Antifa violence and now funding these agendas so they can get these radicalized people to carry out these agendas locally. Trump represents, again, that old world order. This is the new world order where you can have all these wealthy families across the world trying to make sure that they carry out this agenda, but using different uh, ground troops and shock troops in their region, be they Antifa, be they Indivisible, be they Black Lives Matter, be they any of these other groups, but getting it so that they can manipulate public opinion without having to get into office. You got to think about that. You're in politics, you're in business in some type of way. You got to show face. You got to hobnob. You got to be in front of the cameras. That takes up too much time. You can get people in a Zoom call, come up with their directives, and then just, you know, basically pass the orders down from on top and get people to replicate that in their own, their, their own area. This is, this is like the mafia. This is like the Freemasons. This is, this, is, this is a secret society operating here publicly. Again, ideological adaptation. This is the technocracy. This is them externalizing their hierarchy and people saying, you know what? I'm going to get on this. That's going to be a great idea. But you see, this is again why we need to vote with our dollars and vote with our lifestyle. People think that our politics end only on November 3rd and don't do anything throughout the rest of the year. And then whenever they don't get these results that they want, not completely aware of the, 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 the multifaceted approach that we're up against, they slack. The world is going to be very, very tricky, my friends. It's going to be extraordinarily hard to navigate. And I'm sure we'll be talking about ways to navigate it in private in the future. Because check this out. Another thing that should trip you out, the great mastermind reset, and I alluded to it earlier, suggests a risk assessment brain scan before allowing travel. That's right. Klaus Schwab, the very man that we've been talking about this entire segment, has advocated for, again, implantable microchips and risk assessments via brain scans to see whether or not you're a threat. Again, I can't help but think of the Mark of the Beast style system, the social credit score system, prophetic things that they've removed from modern culture. This is an article written by Paul Joseph Watson. They put this up November 17th over there at summit.news. It says, the quote, Great Reset Mastermind Klaus Schwab 
suggests a number of draconian measures for controlling the population under the umbrella of the Fourth Industrial Revolution, including risk assessment brain scans to cross borders and implantable microchips to read people's thoughts. World Economic Forum founder Schwab has repeatedly emphasized how technocrats need to take advantage of the coronavirus pandemic to implement the Great Reset, a sentiment that was echoed by Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau during a recent UN video conference. But the Great Reset isn't just about restructuring the economic system, implementing a Green New Deal and making more jobs fully automated and lowering energy consumption and living standards. There's also a policing aspect to the agenda. That agenda is explicitly detailed in Schwab's three books, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, Shaping the, Fourth and F- Shaping the Future of the Fourth Industrial Revolution, A Guide to Building a Better World, and COVID-19, The Great Reset. Schwab notes that the use of such technology to conduct mass surveillance and tracking of the population, quote, runs counter to healthy and open societies, yet goes on to present it in a positive light anyway. Quote, as capabilities in this area improve, the temptation for law enforcement agencies and courts to use techno- techniques to determine the likelihood of criminal activity, assesses guilt, or even, or, or even possibly retrieving memories directly from people's brains will increase, he writes, suggesting minority reports-style pre-crime programs. The globalist also goes beyond merely the mandating of vaccine certificates to travel, suggesting that, quote, even crossing a national border might one day involve a detailed brain scan to assess an individual's security risk. He also makes clear that the implantable microchips will be a cornerstone of the transhumanist agenda that will merge man with machine. Quote, today's external devices, from wearable computers to virtual reality headsets, will almost certainly become implantable in our bodies and brains. He writes, doubtful. Not really, though. I could definitely see it happening. I'm saying doubtful for me. Doubtful for me because we're seeing, again, that, that, that split take place in society. I'm going to be talking more about it next week, but you're going to have to pay for privacy. They already have anti-Wi-Fi shielding clothing and anti-facial recognition clothing. But what happens in the future where you're going to have to have, like, your COVID shot? Are you going to have a wearable a wearable badge, right? You guys heard me talk about this earlier this week about how we are now the Jews and these technocrats who make it sound like it's going to be so wonderful are the Nazis. That's the social credit score system. That's the COVID vaccine. That's what they want to prepare you for. You see, because it's not about, again, the virus. It's not about public health and safety. It's about security and surveillance. It's about control, about compliance, capitulation. Getting people to bend the knee. And now, because you already have this type of sentiment going out there, again, trying to get people prepared for it. Like they said, implantable microchips for risk assessment, right? And now, you have a member of the UK Parliament suggesting that people shouldn't be allowed to work without the COVID vaccine. Think about that. Here it is. Uh, So the masks didn't work. The vaccine is already killing people. It's not going to work. What in God's name are you doing this for? But think about this. That's what I mean by the the splintering in society. That's what the vaccine is going to represent. Money, class, wealth, status, credits. 
if you guys listen to the uh, the minicast I did earlier this week, enter the entering the darkest winter, we went over Joe Biden's COVID nineteen plan. We'll carry on with that more in the next segment, but let's get into this article for now. Uh, this is by Paul Joseph Watson. They put this up over that summit.news. Unfortunately, other places are not covering it. Other news outlets are not covering this type of tyranny, and it's wild. But it says a British MP faced backlash Monday after suggesting that employees in the UK should not be allowed to go to work unless they can prove that they have been vaccinated against COVID-19 or when the shot becomes available. Quote, a vaccination works, and if we're confident it's safe, and all indications so far are good, then, I'm, then I can certainly see the day when businesses say, look, you've got to return to the office, and if, you've not, and if you're not vaccinated, you're not coming in, said Tom Tugendhat. Quote, and I can certainly see social venues asking for vaccination certificates, Tugendhat added. Ticketmaster has already did that last week, and you're going to have people clamoring to try to get it. Continuing on, it says, far from being some extreme leftist politician, Tugendhat is a conservative MP. He chairs in the Foreign Affairs Committee under Prime Minister Boris Johnson's government. Dugan Han also suggested that there are precedents for requiring vaccination for foreign travel. I remember when I used to travel rather more than I do now. When you go into certain countries, you had to show a yellow fever certificate, and if you did not have a yellow fever certificate, you weren't allowed in that country. And that was that, said Dugan Han. Quote, there were no debates, no appeals, and no further requests. And I can see a situation where, yes, of course, you're free not to have the vaccine, but there are consequences, he added. Duganot also suggested that the vaccine status could even be required to use public transport, saying that, quote, it would depend what the public services were and who and when. So I wouldn't want to start predicting, quote, but I do think that if things are shown to be safe, then rejecting them when they have a wider effect on the whole of society is going to have consequences the mp added yeah and, and again we talked about that in this week's minicast how joe biden plans to bundle up vaccine services with health care with welfare rent assistance and more they're trying to make it seem cool like hey don't you want this vaccine don't you want us to help you don't you don't you want us to help you we're we're, we're trying to take care of you But there are people in other countries, such as Denmark, who see this and they rebel. Right here, a forced vaccination law in Denmark has been abandoned after public protests. An article from Health Impact News, they put this up November 16th. It says that a law in Denmark that would have given authorities the power to forcibly inject people with the coronavirus vaccine has been abandoned after nine days of public protest. The epidemic law would have handed the Danish government the power to enact mandatory quarantine measures against anyone infected with a dangerous disease, but it was the part about vaccinations that caused the biggest uproar. Quote, the Danish health authority would be able to define groups of people who must be vaccinated in order to contain and eliminate a dangerous disease, reports a local. People who refuse the above can, in some situations, be coerced through physical detainment with police allowed to assist. With the police allowed to, in some cases, assist with the forced detainment and quarantining of individuals. And that didn't happen in Denmark. People rebelled. People said, I am not going to be a guinea pig. People understand what's happening. And like I say, here in America, we're kind of slacking. Because people have an expectation of us and what we should be doing. 
how we should be fighting back. What happened to my body, my rights? You know, in the next segment, I'll get in more to the, to, into the vaccine and the COVID nonsense. But think about these things that are happening. Think about the world that's being created. You're not allowed to go outside. You're not allowed to have Thanksgiving. You're not allowed to go to the skate park. You're not allowed to go to the movies. You're not allowed to go to the library. You're not allowed to go to, you're not allowed to, go to, the, uh, to the pub. You're not allowed to go to the restaurants. Right? You're not allowed to go out. You're not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not allowed to go have fun. You're not allowed to be. What in God's name do you think that's going to do? Right here, there is a uh, report from the UK Anti-Terror Police. They said that the pandemic has contributed to youth radicalization. Are you surprised? I definitely know I'm not. I'm not, and you shouldn't be either, because think about this, and this is all being done by design, and I'll attach our Zabellion mini-cast that we did. It's a quick 22-minute video where the Pentagon's training to take on people who are going to break away from society because of everything that I'm saying right here. This is, again, ideological adaptation, telling you that you will love your servitude, that you will not that you will have no more freedoms and you will love it, that you'll wait for the, for, for, for the military to come deliver your, your vaccine. Kids are reading this stuff as well, and they're freaking out all over the world. Depression's through the roof. Drug consumption's through the roof. Psychedelic consumption's through the roof. Alcoholism's through the roof. Suicides, man, like it's crazy. People, when I tell you people have been traumatized by this, it's all been done by design. Because that's why we cover it, the pseudoscience behind a lot of the lockdown stuff and how people are exhibiting signs of Stockholm Syndrome. Because that's what they want. This is trauma-based mind control. And the people who have no understanding as to what's happening, they're being affected by these types of things. And with nowhere to effectively put that energy, because they can't go outside, they'll catch COVID. They can't work out, they'll catch COVID. They can't talk too much, they'll catch COVID. You know, some, some, some COVID. People haven't been taught how to deal with this type of this this type of pressure. So heck yeah, kids are getting radicalized. They're seeing stuff online, and it's 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 freaking them out. They're seeing stuff online. They're told they can't go outside. They're losing their minds. Let me get into this article, and then we'll close out this segment. Uh, it comes from Alexander Zhang of the Epoch Times. They put this up November eighteenth. It says the CCP virus pandemic, social isolation, and a rise in extremist content online are contributing to a quote perfect storm that is making more young people susceptible to radicalization. British police warned on Wednesday, between January first, two thousand nineteen, and January thirtieth, seventeen children, some as young as fourteen years old, were arrested in relation to terrorism offenses nearly all of whom had been radicalized entirely online, the UK's anti-terrorism police revealed. Yeah, everything that we had covered with Antifa and more. I know these are only 17 children, but think about this, what they represent that have been arrested. Think about the ones that are smarter, not out there destroying stuff. Let me get back into this. It says, in that same time period, more than 1,500 children under the age of 15 were referred to the government-led prevent program, which aims to curb terrorist radicalization, the police said while launching a new safeguarding website called Act Early to tackle the problem. So, we are seeing more young people being drawn towards terrorist activity, said Assistant Commissioner Neil Vasu, the head of the UK's counterterrorism policing, who called this a, quote, relatively new and worrying trend. 
as the CCP virus, the Chinese Communist Party virus, which caused the COVID-19 pandemic, makes it harder for young people to get help from school, social workers, and mental health experts, counterterrorism police are concerned that people who need help are not getting it. Well, you think? Quote, what concerns me most is this. There has been a sharp increase in extremist material online in the last few years. And COVID-19 has meant that the vulnerable people, vulnerable people are spending a lot of time online and isolated and with fewer other and with few of the protective factors that schooling, employment, friends and family can provide. He said, quote, in my opinion, that is a perfect story on which we cannot predict and that we might be feeling the effects of for many years to come. UK's terrorism threat level was raised to severe on November 3rd, meaning an attack is now judged to be highly unlikely. It was a precaution following a spate of terrorist attacks in the recent weeks in France and Austria, where eight people were killed in three separate incidents. Yeah, the kids are getting radicalized. Like B.O.B. said, the kids don't stand a chance. This is the world we're creating. Well, you've got them too. You got, you got Greta Thunberg and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying the world's going to end in 13 years. The world's going to end in 13 years. You don't really get this year to do anything. You may not get next year. These kids are running the math through their head thinking, shucks, I only got 10 years to live. I only got a couple years to live before before all these Trump supporters, you destroy everything. This contributes to it, the fake news. Who do I go to for information? Who's lying to me? Who's telling me the truth? I don't know. They they, they, They shut down churches. We'll get into all this other stuff with the, with the crusade for COVID in the next segment. But you get the point. This is the ideological adaptation, the, externalizing, the, the externalization of the hierarchy. You see, because as the masks go on for us, they get to take theirs off. I didn't even read to you how Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg went back to testify before Congress. You're not hearing any of this. After the election, where they basically admitted that they do censor... <laughs> that they censor content, they call it content moderation, just go ahead and call it censorship, they agreed to it, they said it, it, was, it, was, it was real cheeky the way that uh, Zuckerberg had, had responded to it. He said, well, Senator, if I was talking with other peers in my industry, some of us might have the same thought period or, or the same thought process where we wouldn't want to uh, keep a certain, a certain type of mentality on our platforms. It was crazy. Yeah, right here. Zuckerberg asked during Senate hearing whether Facebook coordinates censorship with Twitter and Google. An article from Just the News, Not the Noise, written by Alex Nitzberg. They put this up November 18th. And when you scroll down there to the bottom, he basically says, uh, Senator, I'm not aware of anything specific, but I think it would be probably pretty normal for people to talk to their peers and colleagues in the industry. Like Senator Josh Hawley said, do, do your Facebook content moderation teams communicate with their counterparts at Twitter and Google? Hawley pressed, quote, Senator, I'm not aware of anything specific, but I think that it would be probably normal for people to talk to their peers and colleagues in the industry. Yeah, so coordinating. The same way that there is a, the Creo Syndicate, the same way that there is a, 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 a wealthy group of environmentalists trying to achieve the sustainable development goals, you now have the technocrats overriding free speech and censorship. This is the scientific dictatorship. This is them, again, creating that socioeconomic, sociopolitical reformation, the fourth industrial revolution, the ideological adaptation. And that's why you, you, that, that, that's why you feel 
that weird infiltration of thoughts. That's why you can tell that something has happened in 2020. Their masks came off as they told us to put our put ours on. As Dr. Anthony Fauci said, now's not the time to have an independent spirit. Now's the time to do what you're told. Because these orders are coming down from on top. And these people have agendas to carry out. This is the ideological adaptation. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the crusade for COVID. I'm going to pull up an article from 2016. Uh, the, 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 the global security, the global health security agenda uh, explaining how we got to this point to where you have them trying to essentially come up with a vaccine database and registry for everybody that will and will not have a vaccine. People keep thinking that it was Trump that did this. This is stuff that he inherited underneath the Obama administration, and we'll get into that, uh, as well as Amazon beginning to sell, sell prescription drugs. Again, the technocracy, seeing who's taking the drugs, who's not getting it. It's very, very creepy and crazy. Uh, you also have the Bank of America warning of civil unrest and how that could crash the global economy. We're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. The crusade for COVID is coming right up. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. We'll be right back right after this. going on around you are in a state of war and you have precious little time to save yourself it's a slow process which we call active measures first stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. The next stage is crisis with a violent change of power, structure and economy, period of normalization. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. We will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not. Time bomb is ticking. With every second, the disaster is coming closer and closer. The danger is real. Food supplies have been completely wiped out. We have our evacuation of all counties. I report complete devastation. We have a giant forces in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. 
We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze, we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. It calls to us, calls us back. Back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course. Not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first. The places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it. The place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last. We've found our way home. Welcome back. Salutations. Oh. You know, um. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so crazy. But, uh. You know, it's very easy to follow. It's hard to lead. And. We're, 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 we're always going through transformations over here. And that's why I try to share it with you guys, the growth that we go through, you know, be it bad, be it good, whatever it is, because that's the level of transparency that's needed to, 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 to really move forward. Um, you know, I really do need to start reading the Bible again more. I'm so involved, like with my community and all this other stuff I'm doing here locally that I haven't really had time to sit down and read the word and, and get into that mode, man, because it is, it's a different type of vibe. And I say that because of a lot of a lot of a lot of work goes into everything I do because it's a lot of purpose and energy and I really do believe in in in, in transferring that that's why that's why sometimes whenever we have like a really powerful first segment on on Instagram live and we don't get any guests on the second segment you guys kind of feel me deflating uh, because I can't bullcrap you. I got to shoot you straight and I have to be very honest in my assessment and my analysis and everything that I do. And that requires a high functioning mind in order to process this vast quantity of information. And who has a higher functioning mind than God? If you could even call him having a mind, you know, but what I'm trying to say first and foremost is thank you guys for tuning into this segment, the crusade for COVID. We'll be talking about COVID-19 clearly. And again, some of the other things that have taken place because of it uh, and just how, how wild the world is becoming. You know, just last week we read to you guys that art, that, 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 uh, that open letter from Archbishop Vigiano and how he was basically warning of a global conspiracy against humanity and God and how it got no attention 
an archbishop basically writing an open letter explaining like the technocracy, the, the scientific dictatorship, the military industrial complex, big pharma, like the, the satanic aspect of all this stuff too, how it's trying to just like overwrite things. And it got no attention. You know, and, and it's just it's just crazy how how we've gotten to this point and people have become so desensitized that they can't even they can't even hear half of the things that are being said. But this is again what happens whenever people like to be spoon fed information uh, and, 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 and sometimes whenever we only pay attention to very narrow minded things. Uh, but this is only going to be temporary. All these things are only going to be temporary. The effects of what we're talking about now are going to be felt in a couple of years, no doubt. But it's just crazy being here. It truly is. Um, I think that's what I'm trying to say. I think that's what I'm, I'm probably trying to say. I have no idea what I am trying to say other than salutations and thank you for tuning into this, seg into this segment. We're going to be talking about COVID-19 and other crazy things as well. Uh, but to go ahead and start getting into things for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we did a little bit of time traveling. We traveled back in time to. Well, we. I say travel back in time. I just remembered this article because it's something that we always cover when looking at this type of stuff. Uh, I'll go ahead and start getting it up for you. This is again the global health security agenda. This is whenever Obama signed it into 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 play into reality made it like a thing right here. Obama quietly signs executive order to advance global vaccination agenda. An article written by Vin Armani. They put this up back in February <laughs> or back in November, uh, November 11th of 2016. That's how far and how long we, we, we cover a lot of this stuff. We have that wealth of knowledge to pull, to pull from because we're over here thinking of, 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 of headlines and informational things and stuff like that all the time uh, but let me go ahead and get a better version of this up for you guys and we'll start reading it it basically goes over again the detail that these people have put in to organizing a mandatory vaccination schedule to coming up with a database to everything that we're seeing here you know we, we we've, we've covered things like event 201 uh, we've covered things like uh, Operation Dark Winter, uh, you know, mandatory vaccinations and all this type of stuff. But this article kind of briefly talks about how this was all set up underneath the Obama administration. This was, again, something that Trump had inherited. Uh, but here, let me go ahead and get into this. Since last Friday, November 4th, Obama quietly signed an executive order titled, the, titled Advancing the Global Health Security Agenda, to achieve a world safe and secure from infectious disease threats. It is the policy of the United States to advance the, the global health security agenda, which is a multifaceted, multi-country initiative intended to accelerate partners' countries' measurable capabilities to achieve specific targets to prevent, detect, and respond to infectious disease threats, whether naturally occurring, deliberate, or accidental. So basically, the agenda is to push vaccinations and normalize quarantine procedures across nations during outbreaks. It says that the GHSA immunization agenda states that participating countries must have a functioning national vaccine delivery system with nationwide reach, effective distributions, access for marginalized populations, adequate cold chain, and ongoing quality control, 
at least 90% coverage of the country's 15-month population with at least one dose of measles-containing vaccines. Some notable five-year action items include a con uh, conducting routine immunization activities, implementing case-based surveillance, achieving and documenting vaccination of healthcare workers. Uh, and this is why you see people saying that the healthcare workers need to be the first ones to get the vaccine shot. We also need to give the, 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 the coronavirus vaccines to minorities and uh, people of color, things like that. Continuing on, it says Bill Gates provided the CDC with a surveillance tool that helps identify, quote, district-level measles risks based on immunization records. What's more, you know, continue on, think about that. He provided the CDC with a surveillance tool that helps identify district-level measles risks based on immunization records. Maybe because I have, oh gosh, maybe because I have these 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 Joe Biden articles up right here where they were talking about his lockdown plan and how they were going to uh, have a, a medical police state monitoring infrastructure to surveil blacks and minorities in real time, making sure they surrender to forced immunizations. Maybe because I have that right here. I don't know. My mind just goes to that immediately. So 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 when I say that, oh, that underneath an underneath an, a, a Biden administration, it's going to be another CIA run type government over here where we have bureaucratic stuff happening in the background that we have to catch. This is one of those things that I'm having to catch. So let's fast forward back over here to this article. Thank God we have somebody like Bill Gates to provide surveillance tools to vaccine recipients. And that's what they want now, right? A, a, a vaccine identification, being able to track and surveil people that receive the vaccines. Normalizing this type of behavior. Continuing on, it says, what's more, the HHS recently proposed giving the CDC the power to detain and quarantine people without due process. Oh, that's like where we are right now. That's where we are right now with all these lockdowns. Canada already has a network of quarantine facilities. That's what the door-to-door -door, uh, contact tracing is. We played the clip over here for you guys. They're doing it in the UK. They've got the army asking people if they want shots. Going on, it says, when an apprehension occurs, the individual is not free to leave or discontinue his or her discussion with an HHS slash CDC public health or quarantine officer. The proposed practice to issue federal orders before a medical examination has taken place. The CDC defines pre-communicable stage to mean the stage beginning upon an individual's earliest opportunity for exposure to an infectious agent. The CDC may enter into an agreement with an individual upon such terms as the CDC considers to be reasonably necessary, indicating that the individual consents to any of the public health measures authorized under this part, including quarantine, isolation, conditional release, medical examination, hospitalization, vaccination, and treatment, provided that the, provided that the individual's consent shall not be considered as a prerequisite to any exercise of authority under this part. I'll say that one more time. Let me say that one more time. All of those things are going to take place without your consent. That quarantine, isolation, conditional release, medical examination, hospitalization, vaccination, and treatment will all take place without your consent. That's why they want you to do all of these crazy things right now. That's why they're locking things down so they can start the contact tracing. And if you've been into any heavily populated areas, they are going to try to figure out a way to do all of, this, all of these things. 
when I talked to you guys at the start of this pandemic about having a friend uh, that was basically in China when this went down and had to had to run, she essentially went through this process. Crazy because uh, I shouldn't tell you that because check this out in this next part. It says individuals who violate the terms of agreements, the terms of the federal order for quarantine, isolation, or conditional release, even if no agreement is in place between the individual and the government, he or she may be subject to criminal penalties. I'll, I'll put this link in the description bar below because they're basically telling you everything that we're going over and living through right now. This is what Obama signed in back in 2016. 2016. And I'll say it again. Uh, it was Obama that signed back in 2012 the NDAA for indefinite detention of journalists, where he could put you in a facility for an indefinite amount of time and they would, rely, they would release you whenever they felt comfortable. It wasn't Trump that built the cages. He just exposed the cages and cleaned them up. And he didn't shut them down either, but he just exposed them, cleaned them up, and said, hey, yeah, no, this is where we're putting the people. He exposed the human trafficking. This is a part of it. They, unfortunately, used a lot of this stuff on those migrants, on these people that were coming here. That's why they have a whole system. What, what HR 6666 is, that bill for contact tracing, is them saying, hey, now we have the ability to go out there and detain you. If you come into contact with somebody that may have COVID, that's what I'm saying. This is, this is the power grab. This is the crusade for COVID. And now you have Amazon beginning to sell prescription drugs to prime customers. We'll get back into COVID here shortly. Don't worry. But let's take a, a, a little bit of a detour. Talking about quarantine, isolation facilities, forcible detainment, vaccination schedules. We'll come back to all that. But now you've got the technocracy getting involved. You've got Amazon beginning to sell prescription drugs to prime customers. Just the other week, I talked to you guys about how they will allow pharmacy technician assistants to begin to uh, test and vaccinate people. Not people that have medical expertise or training or any of that type of stuff, but people that they can pull up from off of the ground. And, and, and inject you with a shot. They're taking it a step further and allowing Amazon to start selling drugs. So you don't go to CVS or Walgreens or anymore. You don't go to any of these places, your local pharmacist. You go to Amazon. Again, consolidating power. Let's get into this. We put this up November 17th. It's from Zero Hedge. It says, there's an old saying, never waste a good crisis. Well, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, the world's richest man, isn't letting COVID-19 pass without wringing all the, juice, all the juice from the lemon. After years of quiet and consistent preparation, from acquiring pill pack to filling the license for trademarks, Amazon is finally ready to launch its online pharmacy business. The company announced Tuesday that it will start selling prescription drugs to its prime customers, a move that was widely seen as the logical next step for the e-commerce behemoth. In a surprise move, the online pharmacy is opening Tuesday, marking an aggressive move into the pharmacy industry in the middle of an unparalleled health crisis. Starting Tuesday, the company plans to start offering common items including creams, pills, and medications. But the real key is here. Amazon will also be shipping prescriptions like insulin, which has temperature requirements like Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. Amazon Prime members who don't have insurance can buy generic or brand name drugs presumably with a prescription. 
at a prime discount, the company said, though most insurance will be accepted. Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid tumbled in a pre-market trading on the news, leaving them set to open lower as stocks look to give back some gains after the Dow reached record heights yesterday. Pharmacy stocks have sold off of have sold off on every piece of news surrounding Amazon's pharmacy gambit, as Jeff Bezos' track record of success when moving into a new industry is unparalleled. With state governors across the U.S. imposing new coronavirus restrictions, we imagine millions of customers will be scrambling to switch their prescriptions over from CVS and Walgreens to Amazon, which could create problems for both in the near for for both in the near term. And just like that. Amazon is making an aggressive move into yet another new industry, creating unprecedented disruption after a massive wave of pharmacy chain consolidation. The DOJ ramps up its antitrust act on big tech. As Tony Soprano might say, Bezos has got some balls. Because he knows what he's doing. He sees everybody going online. He sees them purchasing everything. We've covered it over here. The Free Thought Project did a fantastic article talking about how much wealth these people had acquired over... The, the, the course of the pandemic and he's able to see that he says you know what we should take on the mantle of big brother we should be the ones that help people provide them with medications you think about that all these people that get these prime deliveries having their food delivered having their drugs delivered they'll never leave their house and that's exactly what they want they want to be able to see that you're taking your drugs regularly that you're getting your food regularly, that you're getting your programming regularly, that you're leaving your house for your allotted amount of time, that your phone says that you have been given the green light. This is the technocracy, as we said before, the ideological adaptation, getting people to love their servitude completely unaware of what's happening. Completely unaware of what's happening. But getting back into more of the COVID nonsense, because we'll touch on Jeff Bezos selling drugs now. It's funny because Jeff Bezos is selling drugs and you've got Peter Thiel of PayPal getting behind magic mushrooms. It, 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 it's just crazy. Um, it's just crazy, too, because, you know, the folks over there in Silicon Valley are not doing those drugs. Right. It's so it's just it's, it, it, it. I will cut. That will play a huge part more, I'm sure, in the future than it does right now. I think people are wondering, what does that have to do with coronavirus and anything? That's a pretty big deal. I could just imagine a bunch of, because, uh, again, you've got, like, think about this. What if they used Amazon to deliver all of these COVID vaccines? I know that's silly, but they already have uh, UPS expanding their powers. I'm I'm just saying, you got the, it's, it's crazy. All the different things that are going on with this with this vaccine, uh, the distribution, again, the the the, the, the sprawling power grab, and more. Uh, but here, getting back into more of the COVID nonsense, more of coronavirus, and all these other things, uh, right here, Mississippi vows to ignore the unconstitutional nationwide lockdown order. Uh, we put this up last week on November thirteenth. It's from News News Punch by Nima Harris, and. There's a series of these, so I'm just going to kind of run through them right quick. But Mississippi, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves has vowed to ignore any potential nationwide lockdown orders from an incoming Biden administration. In a press conference on Thursday, Tate said that while the election results are yet to be determined, the state would not shut down its economy again, even if mandated by the federal government. Quote, 
We are not going to participate in a nationwide lockdown, Tate said, adding that the closing the economy for six weeks would be, quote, totally and completely beyond reasonableness. Fox8lives.com reports that he went on to say that the helps to work with the next president, whoever that is, in other ways to help prevent the spread of the virus because they can see exactly what's going on. They can see what's happening. The masks are killing the economy. The lockdowns are killing the economy. And that's actually the plan, is to kill the economy so that they can embolden the government. But check this out right here. You have Michigan House members calling to impeach the tyrannical governor, Gretchen Whitmer. That's right. You've got governors saying we're not going to participate in the mask mandates. We're not going to participate in the nationwide lockdowns. We're actually going to start recalling and impeaching some of these people given these unconstitutional edicts. Another article from News Punch by Neiman Harris. They put this up November 16th. Says Michigan State Representative Matt Maddock has vowed to start the impeachment proceedings against tyrannical Democrat governor Gretchen Whitmer. Representative Maddock is finally making a stand against Whitmer, who has reportedly defied court orders limiting her unconstitutional COVID shutdown powers. Amid rumors that another Whitmer shutdown is looming and following a bizarre press conference where Whitmer scolded the public, ordering them not to hug on Thanksgiving, Maddock decided enough was enough. Maddock told the GWP, quote, something has to be done. She's ruining this great state. Small businesses and most dining restaurants will be dead by the end of the year. She's caused the deaths of many vulnerable elderly and people who died alone, scared and pointlessly. This was long overdue. I would definitely have to agree. People have to stand up. This is precisely why you have uh, why you have uh, Scott Atlas, which again got no attention from our corporate-controlled media, saying that the only way to fight this pandemic is to rise up. And now, Rand Paul vows to resist. Biden's forever lockdowns. An article by Paul Joseph Watson put up over there at SMA.news on November 18th. And think about this. We need representatives. Hillary Clinton and Joy Behar called anti-lockdown protesters terrorists. We need representatives. We need narratives. We need accountability. You've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying that we need to make a list of Trump supporters. We need to make a list of people who are making these unconstitutional orders impeach them, and never let this happen again because people are having their liberties and their rights trampled on. People are being traumatized, radicalized, and broken inside because of these lockdowns. And I'm telling you, the same way that I told you earlier this week, this will create a lockdown culture that will lead towards the purge. Because people aren't going to think, oh, well, there's nothing else to live for. There's nothing else to work for. I'm a slave of the government. My life is useless. Let's get into this and then we'll continue on. It says, Senator Rand Paul has promised to do everything within his power to resist and prevent lockdowns under a Biden administration, warning that if he does secure the presidency, Joe Biden will be happy for Americans to wear masks permanently. Quote, I'm going to do everything I can to try to prevent Biden from locking us up and locking us down and forcing us to wear masks forever. We can't go on to live like this forever. Paul urged during an interview with WABC's The Cats Roundtable with Jack with John Casamatis. Quote, today, Biden's talking more about a lockdown, Paul noted, adding that, quote, this is, an ab- that this is absolutely 
why he's going to be a terrible president if we get him. <laughs> Quote, he's going to ruin the country. Lockdowns don't work. And in fact, all the evidence of mandatory masks show that they don't work either, the senator emphasized. Quote, there's about 10 different countries or venues, maybe 20, that instituted ma- mandatory masks. And every one of them, to a T, the infection rate or the COVID rate, went up after the mask mandate. Because, yeah, you're, you're putting a Petri dish on your face. You're going to get sick wearing the mask. You're not only kill brain cells, but you're going to incubate all these other diseases inside of you on that mask. Yeah, it, it, continuing on, quote, now this is just showing that all these mitigation strategies, washing our hands, staying six feet apart, they really don't work, frankly, Paul added. Quote, and the virus, as the Wall Street Journal put it, is insidious. It does what it's going to do. The only thing that's going to stop it is either enough immunity among individuals in the community or a vaccine, the senator furthered. As he repeatedly noted, there is, an, is, there is no scientific evidence that lockdowns bring the number of cases or deaths from the virus. Indeed, the World Health Organization has urged countries not to rely on such measures. Unfortunately, this has also provided the likes of Biden, quote, special coronavirus transition advisory team member Dr. Michael Osselholm with an excuse to argue that even stricter lockdowns must be enforced with an iron fist. Joe Biden has repeatedly signaled that he will gladly do just that. Remember when he said he would talk about remember whenever he said he would follow the science? That's what he was talking about. Following the science. Following the scientific dictators. Just lock down the country. Now this next bit of news is a little bit, is a little bit fake. Shucks. That's what these independent fact checkers say. Let's see why before I show you. Yeah. <laughs> apparently this is false information what i'm trying to show you i wish i could care oh uh afp canada says it's false it's misleading a description of canada's quarantine sites oh it's, a, it's a, oh sure what we're really talking about is how canada the canadian government is now erecting a network of covid detainment camps this article actually had a clip attached to it. I was unable to get it in. Uh, the whole clip itself was about 17 minutes long, and it talks about a politician uh, showing up at a, 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 a uh, meeting, basically asking what these quarantine facilities are for. This isn't fake news. I just don't have all the information there to shut these people up. This is the crusade for COVID. These are the other things they're doing. You see, because people are going to resist these lockdowns for sure, but they will also be detained. I, I, I thoroughly believe that that's a lot of what these protests are. And that's what a lot of these rallies are, are halfway traps to get people to go to these so-called super spreader events only for them to be contract traced uh, for the rest of this year into next year as they again begin to normalize this behavior, disappearing people. Uh, putting them in, 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 in quarantine facilities. You know, again, some of the terrifying and traumatiz- traumatizing images we saw come out of China of them locking people in their houses, boarding them up, uh, you know, taking them to, 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 to facilities, uh, throwing them inside of what's um, incinerators, right? Keeping the incinerators going for, for, for days on end. We're going to see that begin to replicate here, and this is the type of stuff that's, that, that's going to happen. 
you know, because we have these type of, of COVID detainment camps here. We have these quarantine facilities here. When I tell you again that Obama built those cages, Trump exposed those cages and then cleaned them up but didn't shut them down, those cages are these COVID detainment camps. Let me get into this and then we'll continue on. We put this up November 17th. It comes from worldtruth.tv. It says, Justin Trudeau and the Canadian government are creating Nazi Germany-like infrastructure to detain human beings in mass and for years to come. A brave Ontario politician named Randy Hillier spoke out about the government's nefarious detainment plan in a provincial question period in front of the government of Ontario. His microphone was cut off as soon as he started asking the tough questions. The Canadian government is erecting a network of, of detainment camps and isolation sites to be used from coast to coast. Quote, These federal quarantine forward slash isolation sites are being built across the provinces and will be used to strip Canadians of their human rights and lock healthy people up using false imprisonment schemes. These sites could be used to force medical testing and force medical experimentation with COVID-19 vaccines. If Canadians can be held down against their will over the fear that they might spread the virus, then these facilities could be used indefinitely and for whatever reason is deemed necessary to maintain an illusion of safety for the, quote, greater good. Randy Hillier, Independent Ontario MPP for Lanark, Frontenac, and Kingston, stood up and questioned the government, asking how many people will be detained and how many concentration camps are scheduled for construction. He expressed concern about their current use to the control to control the spread of COVID-19. All pointed out in a documentation that the sites the, that these sites could be used for quote other requirements in the future. Quote. So your government must be in negotiations and aware of these plans to potentially detain and isolate citizens and residents of our country and our province. Hillier began. So, Speaker, Premier, where will these camps be built? How many people will be detained? And for what reason? For what reasons can people be kept in these isolation camps? And I'd like to have the Premier assure the people of Ontario. Hillier's microphone was cut off before he could finish. Hillier reports that the government has dodged his questions since july so you don't think senator Rand paul and senator Rand ron paul are 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 privy to some of these detainment schemes you don't think they're privy to some of what's going on the fema camps the work camps it's so crazy because you hear people talking about, oh, you, you need to keep the kids out of cages. We need to get the kids out of cages. When well, you can clearly see that they're trying to create cages for us. And where are those sentiments now? That's a terrifying thought to think of. But wasn't it Justin Trudeau who said this pandemic has given us a great opportunity? Let's, let's, let's go ahead and play that clip again for you guys. Means giving support to the most vulnerable while maintaining our momentum on reaching the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development and the SDGs. Canada is here to listen and to help. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality, and climate change. Building back better means getting support to the most vulnerable while maintaining our momentum on reaching the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development and the SDGs. Yeah, quarantine camps, quarantine facilities, 
are part of the SDGs, don't you know? Addressing inequality, poverty, and more. So glad to have somebody so heroic looking out for us. This is the crusade for COVID. It's provided us with such a great opportunity to rewrite history and change everything. Yeah, locking people down, detaining them, telling them they can't work, destroying the middle class, devaluing the dollar, destroying your country. And now, Bank of the West has warned the civil unrest could crash the global economy. Civil unrest could crash the markets. Now, tongue-in-cheek, I've said this before, that, well, when men don't want to be win, or men, men don't want to be men, women don't want to be women, and nobody wants to work, well, we're all just going to destroy ourselves. Well, isn't that what happened? I know, I know because of COVID, that's something different, but that's what we're going to be talking about right here. But nobody's able to work. What did we just read you guys briefly about beforehand in the previous segment, how the pandemic is contributing to youth radicalization? You can't blame them. They can see, the, they can see through the farce, but nobody's really addressing it. So yeah, this is, again, Billions of dollars worth of damage in just this year alone from Antifa and Black Lives Matter destroying like buildings and stuff. You've got that million MAGA march over there in D.C. Yet no buildings were destroyed. Right? Yeah, civil unrest could crash the markets. It could destroy stuff. But people are revolting because they're saying, you know what? I'm not working. I'm not going to try to work. Better yet, I can't work. That's what's so crazy about this. That's, that's, that's what's so wild about how, how the media works and how society works, how politics works, and how, how all of it just like integrates. Well, it's like, heck yeah, civil unrest is going to occur because they're telling everybody they can't work. The, the markets don't want to crash. People want to work. But because of COVID, they're saying, well, you have to lock down. You can't work. And so people are revolting, which is causing them not to work. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, it's, it's upside down. Because again, this is a part of the socioeconomic reformation. They want to break things down. That's a part of the, two, uh, the technocratic two-step to take over. is to get people to, again, love their servitude. Don't go out there. Help, help, help collapse the economy. We're going to be talking about this in the next segment, uh, food shortages, right? Food distribution, people running uh, uh, the Texas North, North Texas Food Bank being overran. Then on top of that, you still have those truckers doing their, their strike. Stopping the, su- the supply chain, like it's it's crazy. Again, the sophistication, how it's all being designed to bring us to our knees, so that we need to have the government rebuild us, asking for a bigger, stronger government. Uh, but let me read a little bit of this first slide, and then we'll get into this article. Uh, this was just one that I had attached with it. It comes from Zero Hedge. It says earlier today we reported the, the sentiment that in the latest Bank of America fund manager survey was so bullish, even survey organizer B O F A Chief Investment Officer Michael Hartnett said it's time to run bearish for the near term and, quote, sell the vaccine because Wall Street has gone full bull. Now, think about that. We understand that the economy is going to crash, and the only thing that's going to save them is if they're able to mass produce and mass market the vaccine. 
goes on to say that the most bullish fund manager survey of 2020 on the back of the vaccine election macro, November FMS, shows a big drop in cash, a 20-year high in GDP expectations, a big jump in equity, small cap, and EM exposure. Reopening rotation can continue in, the, in Q4. But we say, quote, sell the vaccine in the coming weeks and months as we think we're close to full bull. I'll get into the real article that we put up for you guys. It comes from Paul Joseph Watson. It says that Bank of America warns that civil unrest could crash the global economy. It says that in its latest fund manager survey, Bank of America warns that one of the biggest risks that we could participate a global economic collapse is a prospect of the mass civil unrest. While the market is looking bullish, thanks to several rounds of positive news regarding a COVID-19 vaccine, Chief Investment Officer Michael Hartnett is telling investors that the sentiment is baked in and it's now time to, quote, sell the vaccine in coming weeks and months as we think we're close to, the, to full bull. Coronavirus itself remains the biggest tail risk to the global economy for the eighth consecutive month, followed by the tech bubble. However, what's really raising eyebrows is a factor that BOFA considers to be the third most likely threat to the financial stability and growth, namely civil unrest. Zero Hedge explains what Bank of America is, re- is referring to with its warning of civil unrest. It says, so what's going on here? Is Wall Street really starting to worry about what we said back in 1st of 2020, of 2010? Much of time magazine's mockery. That the Fed's disastrous policies would eventually push U.S. societies to armed conflict and or civil war. While it may be easy to dismiss such fears as hyperbolic, consider what otherwise level-headed Bloomberg macro commentator Mark Cumador wrote overnight in his, la- in his latest lament that markets are so broken that in the end, it will all, quote, end in tears, either in the form of a collapse of fiat currency or through political revolution, red armed conflict. Which brings us back to square one, because in a world where a handful of traders are the most bullish say, than they have been in the past 20 years, while the living standards of tens of millions of Americans are absolutely dismal with the economy on the verge of yet another depression causing shutdown. The flashbacks, the flashbacks of the days just before the, Re- the French Revolution are all too real. So what they're saying is what Klaus Schwab has said in the previous segment, talking about the sustainable development goals, a new type of capitalism, the Great Reset, expecting for a collapse. This is, again, coming off the heels of COVID. This is why they're getting you used to stimulus checks, getting you used to look, just, just, just looking at how they are fundamentally changing how society is operating due to this. Lockdowns that put people out of work and then people that want to work but can't go work so the economy begins to shut down. The cost of living increases. And it, it's, it's just crazy. This is crazy. You have some people rebelling, saying, you know what, we're not going to go along with this. We're realizing that we still want to have a seat at the table. We don't want to put our state out of, we don't want to put our state out of commission. This is why leading up to the election, we talked about that interstate compact where the Western states said that they would break off if, if in the event that Trump didn't concede and Biden won, saying that they would come up with their, with their own little whatever. This is crazy. Now, I went over all of this stuff, and I would, again, I would again have to recommend that you guys check out my minicast, Zabellion. I went over all of this in a weird way, predicting it, because we're in that time frame right now. With, with, with the youth being radicalized, with, Nate, with, with people 
and groups just breaking off from society, having like a separatist movement, civil unrest causing it, the disruption of like the global economy, all that type of stuff is featured in that Pentagon report because they can see these types of things and the effects that they have. Speaking of the effects, something we've talked about as, as well, something that's happened because of COVID. Again, people not working, unable to feed their families. Stores, running out of food, rationing, right? Shortages. Right here, quote, largest distribution ever. Thousands of cars lined up at a Texas food bank. An article from Zero Hedge, they put this up November 18th. This is according to CBS News, the North Texas Food Bank handed out more than 600,000 pounds of food this past weekend to 25,000 hungry people. You know what I'm going to do before I finish on reading this article? I'm going to tell you guys to get yourself My Patriot Supply storable goods. I'll put the link in the description bar below. We even have a cool little graphic at the bottom of the episode article if you don't want to share the link. Get yourself storable goods. The price, of, the, the price of food is going up. You don't want to be waiting for your handout. This is the time to start switching your diet. They've actually called for that. That's a part of the Great Reset as well. Saying that they want to change meat over into a plant-based thing. You need to get prepared now. I'm covering this type of stuff to tell you, you do not want to be slacking. You need to have a commodity. You need to be able to, 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 to look at your... Look at your community and figure out how you're going to be an asset, my friends, because this type of stuff is crazy. Uh, you know, we're, 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 I'll say this and we'll start getting into stuff. We're putting together like a little donation thing around here, uh, you know, to help out people who are in this type of situation. We're not a food bank. We're not a charity organization. Uh, but, you know, everybody's, everybody's 1% eventually leads up to 100. And that 100% that you think could be somebody else's 2,000. You could end up feeding somebody off of that little bit. And so that, that's just that, that giving spirit of me trying to take, take care of people. I see this type of stuff, and I know it's happening nationwide. Uh, and if we think this is bad now, it's, it's going to be worse in the future because this is, again, coming off of the heels of COVID-19. But let's get into this, and then we'll continue on. It says Saturday's event was, quote, the largest ever food giveaway as described by the North Texas Food Bank. As shown, aerial photos reveal vehicle lines stretch for miles down the street. Samantha Woods, a Dallas, Texas resident who was waiting in line, told TBS that, quote, I see blessings coming to us as we all continue to struggle, and I appreciate North Texas for helping us out. Cynthia Cutler, another Dallas resident, said that, quote, I haven't been working since December. Can't find a job. They cut my unemployment. It's a real big deal. NTFB spokeswoman Anna Curian told CNN that, quote, 40% of the folks coming through our partners' doors are doing so for the first time. And NTFB President Trisha Cunningham said that she is proud of her team for, quote, providing some hope and care during these extraordinary times. Quote, it's quite a humbling scene to see so many in need, Cunningham told CNN. Internet searches for drive through food bank near me is absolutely erupting. While the virus-induced downturn may be, may be over for the rich, as stocks and real estate prices catapult higher, working poor folks have been financially ruined in the last eight months. Huge demand for food banks nationwide could result in a, quote, meal shortage within the next two months, which actually brings me up to my next article, which is just so, and again, we've, we've, we've covered this on the show. We've talked about it. Uh, 
time and time again how at the end of this year, over 50 million Americans are going to be food insecure. What, what's happening, right, is because when the, when the first world stops working, the third world dies. We are entering into a second world status, a second nation status. We are no longer a first world. When you have massive unemployment, uh, food insecurity, raising like debt out, out, out the yin yang, we are we're we're we're, we're collapsing. COVID nineteen came through and it didn't break America, but it really highlighted some of the cracks we have, and we are hanging on by a razor's edge. We put this up last week again. This is another another article. Me trying to tell you guys to get storable goods while you can. Uh, these, these these assets will not be here for forever. You see everything changing. You need to prepare now. This is an article from Natural Blaze. They put this up November 12th. Again, experts are saying that over 50 million Americans will be insecure in 2020. It says food insecurity in America is reaching an all-time high during the COVID-19 pandemic. But large regional differences exist in, in the severity of the impact. Experts project over 50 million Americans will be food insecure in 2020, including 17 million children, says Greg or Craig Gunderson. ACES Distinguished Professor in the Department of Agriculture, of Agricultural and Consumer Economics at the University of Illinois. Gunderson estimated food insecurity using the Map the Meal Gap, an interactive model he developed for Feeding America, a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks in the U.S. For the current report, he combined MMG data with the projected unemployment numbers. Quote, one of the key things about COVID-19 is how there's differential impacts across the country and by demographic groups. People with college education generally have not seen much of an impact on either unemployment rates or incomes. However, people in lower-wage jobs tend to be impacted a lot more. Gunderson writes, quote, We would expect greater impact of COVID-19 in areas with a high concentration of service industry jobs. The report finds that the hardest-hit hardest states are the same states before the impact. Mississippi, Arkansas, Alabama, Louisiana, and New Mexico, a... But with higher rates, Jefferson County, Mississippi, has the highest food insecurity rate, 30.4% in the country. However, the food pan however, the pandemic disproportionately affected other states. For example, Nevada jumped from 20th to 8th highest food insecurity rate by state. Areas like Nevada, which has a strong emphasis on the service industry and tourism, will have substantially higher rates of increases in food insecurity than the areas with fewer, with fewer service sector workers, Gunderson says. These findings can help direct can help direct relief efforts, he notes. Quote, resources should continue to be directed towards those areas with greater needs before, during, and after COVID-19. But we also have to recognize that the pandemic situation there are er that during the pandemic situation that there are areas of the country, such as Nevada, which may need more emergency assistance in the near term. Yeah, in our crusade for COVID, we have destroyed ourselves. And in and, and our mad dash to be like the rest of the world, we have destroyed America. We have. COVID-19 didn't break America, but like I said, it exposed some of the cracks that, that need to be addressed. You know, and this is my conspiracy too, you know, with Trump and the rallies, man. Because he got his Regeneron vaccine shot with his with his, his his cocktail, everybody at those rallies didn't. 
Everybody at those rallies did, and you notice he showed up in a car all contained. And even people within his Secret Service got COVID because they didn't have access to that money. They didn't have the real vaccine to help the real vaccine and the therapeutics to like really to really stop it. So yeah, COVID didn't break America, but it really did highlight some of the cracks that we have here in our system. And it wasn't, it wasn't, again, it wasn't Trump that started this. It was Obama that wanted to create the registry. It's Trump that's basically inheriting this. When he's calling out Fauci, saying, look at how, sidelining him, saying that he's been involved with AIDS, SARS, and all kinds of other stuff. He's even got ties to the, to, to, to the Wuhan uh, Chinese government with the gain of function research there. That's him exposing it because it's on us to get people like Scott, Scott Atlas in. It's on, it, it's on people like us to stand up and call these people out, to expose them, to depose them, to impeach them, to recall them, to take their power away because we got those people there, or better yet, those people got there from our capitulation and our silence. That's what's happening now, as we have a chance to see, hey, these are the global agendas. Do you want to go along with this? And like I said, in our, in our crusade for COVID, we destroyed America. But now we have a chance to say, okay, do we want to build back better? Do we want to be a part of this new world order? What kind of views are we going to bring? What kind of views are we going to have? What kind of sacrifices are we going to make for these freedoms that we want? Again, Joy Behar and Hillary Clinton called anti-lockdown protesters terrorists because your freedoms terrify them. Like Anthony Fauci said, your uh, Americans have an independent spirit, but now's the time to do what you're told. Well, in doing what they've been told, over 50 million Americans are going to be food insecure now. They're not going to be able to put food in their plates doing what they're told. That's what's crazy. And after putting the masks on, and this is the psychology, all of us that didn't put our masks on are the reason that it happened. (laughs) And now we're going to be blamed for it. So tighter, 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 tighter measures are going to be enacted making them lose even more rights and more, more, more freedoms. It's crazy. But this is the crusade for COVID. This is why we're virtue signaling. And this is why, like all this Huxley said, we'll get people to love their servitude. And now they don't want you to just to wear a mask. They want you to wear a cute mask. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into America canceled. Right? Like I told you before, Trump won the election. That's why I wanted to save it for the, for the last segment. Trump won the election, uh, but the media and social media is going to give it to Biden. And that, it, what's so funny is every time I take the voting information center on Instagram, it's like always a couple of days late. Last time I checked it, it, said it, was, it, was, it was updated a week ago. And the numbers aren't there. Trump won the election by a landslide, but you have to get, but they're giving it to Biden. That's why they're saying that Biden won by 350%. There's information coming out that the algorithms are all off, bro. They, they, they have scientifically figured out the algorithm that they put in into the Dominion system that's been replicated over all these different states. The fraud is there. They can see it. Just before coming onto the air, I was watching that press conference that Rudy Giuliani was given. I wasn't able to watch at the start, but even he's laughing at how much fraud there is. Yeah, Trump won the election, 
but they're going to give it to Biden. And now they're trying to cancel the very thought of us coming together and standing up for our country. You've got the Chicago mayor warning that you have to cancel Thanksgiving plans, as well as the co-founder of BLM urging Biden and the Harris administration to go ahead and start enacting their plans. We'll be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. In a world where secret powers are in play, where nothing is as it seems, one brand of clothing gives crusaders of truth a voice. One brand in the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. Occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready to awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. Forbidden clothes. Because if you know, you know. Mark Levin, Dan Bongino, you do business Diamond and Silk and Candace Owens Kanye West standing with you while the flag is blowing Across the pond, the Paul Jones of Watson Homie, you're the bomb like jihadis in Boston Pun intended, so don't get offended You snowflakes, safe space, fineless dependence I'ma work my bloody hands at the bone While you dream about the day that you could get Roger Stone The deep state and cover is blown About time you sent Tommy Robinson home Top off the jet you did a lot of things you regret Bill Clinton flying up in that Lolita Express Shame on the man with the long 
racist if you voted for Trump You're not a bigot if you wear a MAGA hat and get jumped You're not a sexist if your girl makes you breakfast You're not a privileged white male, just ignore the idiot leftists This is where my family fought to survive Where they thrive with the immigrants who worked till they died And they never had a beef with any temple or tribe It's just media controlling your minds Together, we will make America strong again We will make America wealthy again We will make America proud again We will make America safe again And yes, together, we will make America great again Don't tread on me, I won't tread on you Cut me, I bleed red, white and blue I'm grown and down to get dirty I'm a mean side with my old 30-30 Brother, we can get it if you cross that line You can take a look at my American mind Fly over, drop it right on top Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Welcome back. Sometimes we come in here fired up. And it's crazy. Whoa, 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 third segment. You know, what's crazy is by this time next week, it'll be like Thanksgiving. I'm not really sure if we'll do like a show because I'm going to be spending time with my family that Thanksgiving. I love you guys. You know, I love you. But I also got like a mom and a dad and a family that needs this this type of energy and more. So I'm going to spend some time with my family for real. But by this time next week, I may not be doing a show with you guys. And so um, we may or may not. You know, I might do like an Instagram live and try to make that one like a little bit lighthearted. But this time next week, we're not going to be we, we may or not. We may or may not be doing a show because of Thanksgiving. I might take a, an extra day, you know. To spend some time with my family. Because I, I, I can do that. And this has been an extraordinarily hard year. And I would definitely recommend for people to do that. You know, if if you can. To at least spend like some time talking with your family. And really connecting. You know, and share some of the, share, share some of the thoughts you have. Some of the things that you're going through. Uh, and really, really just connect, man. I know everybody says, oh, I hate holiday season because uh, you, know, you got to be around family. But that's, that's, 
that's because a lot of people don't want to humble themselves and slow down because we've had a very tumultuous year. You know, I'll say this and start getting into uh, uh, the topics. What am I trying to? I had a brain for topics, content. You know, one of the con, one of the one of the clients I had this week. You know, um, the elderly gentleman, him and his wife, they've been together for forty years. Yeah, you know, they're telling me, EJ, EJ, you know, God is at the center of our relationship. You know, and then I don't know how, but we got to chatting about their son. And they said, yeah, our son does very well for himself. He has like a $2 million house out there in Jersey. And I'm just like, wow, sounds like he's doing very well for himself. Like, yeah, he is, but we don't really hear from him. I'm like, oh, what a bad son, you know? Because the, the clients I were working with, they had a very beautiful house. It was gorgeous, bro. Makes me think I got to clean up my house a lot better. Uh, they had a gorgeous house. They were they were doing some stuff, and they took me for a tour. They gave me some tea. It was real cool. And they were just telling me about their family, man. And you know, when we got to chatting about their son and how successful he was, I could see how upset they were that their successful son didn't call them. And I was like, well, why doesn't he call? And they said, well. Ever since he got this new wife. <laughs> and I laughed because it was the way that he said it that was so hilarious. You know, because he said, well, he had a, this is the father speaking, the gentleman. He's like, yeah, you know, he had a good wife the first time. Had great kids, you know, she really helped him get his company and all this other stuff. And then this, this new wife came through and, you know, she, I don't think he knew how to say gold digger. But I think that's like what he was trying to say. He's like, oh, my son used to be so good and so successful. And now he's just, he's got money, but he's not happy and he's estranged. And it was just so, so crazy hearing like the switch up, um, you know. And so to just pull back and get back into things with you guys as we talk about America canceled. Realize that this is not normal, you know, for us to be so, so disconnected, so detached and so just like all over the place. Like it, it, it's not normal. It's not healthy to have like a vitriolic relationship with people. And that was another thing I had talked with those 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 elderly folks about. I was like, I don't think it's not. I don't. I don't think it's right to ask people who you voted for. I think that's a violation of the social contract, you know. And then we we began to talk about how mean, rude people are, and how confrontational they are. How aggressive people are becoming. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just it's just really not healthy not only for society, but like for the long term, like you're, you're doing damage to your brain, you know? And so again, just as you go around your family members and go around different people, understand that everybody's waking up at a different stage of the game and everybody's got something to be upset about, but that doesn't mean you've got to be upset with them. You know, you, you, you really, you really can make people's day by just trying to be like an empath and take that away from them. But also at the same time, celebrate joy and beauty, and some of the good things that are taking place. And it's going to be hard to see that, given all the stuff that's going on. But that's why you have to be the one to, 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 to make sure the nice things get out there. I don't know if I was able to like say that the right way, but I, I, I hope you guys get what I'm trying to say. There's enough toxic shit out there. Don't contribute to it. And I know, I know that's like funny coming from me, but I, 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 hope, I hope that it's hitting where it needs to. You know, try to be a little nicer, if not to yourself, to other folks. 
see how good that feels, you know. But uh, let me go ahead and start getting back into the into uh, America canceled, back into uh, the content, topics, things like this. Uh, last week, there's an art, there was a, a video that came out. One of the White House trade advisors talked about how there's going to be a second Trump term. We play for you guys a clip of uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo saying that there's going to be a smooth transition into a Trump administration, to a second Trump administration. Uh, but again, you have other people echoing those sentiments. So here, let me go ahead and play this clip and then we'll continue on. It says right here, White House Trade Advisor. <laughs> White House Trade Advisor says there will be a second term, calls Biden's election immaculate deception. Uh, Maria, we're moving forward here at the White House uh, under the assumption that there will be a second uh, Trump term. Uh, I think it's really important before people's heads go explode here to understand that what, what we seek here is verifiable ballots, certifiable ballots, and an investigation into what are growing numbers uh, of allegations of fraud under signed affidavits by witnesses. And my own view looking at this election you know, we, we have what appears in some sense to be an immaculate deception immaculate deception an article written by nima harris over their news parts they put this on november 13th friday of 13th and let me read this little quick bit and we'll continue on white house trade advisor peter navarro said that the trump administration is moving forward quote under the assumption that there will be a second term now before i continue on where is trump the same way we're asking, where is Hunter Biden? Where is Trump? Since the election, he's essentially been in bunker mode. Could it be that he's letting the Democrats go ahead with their assuming control aspect, with their assuming control agenda? We covered this. But even if Biden did not win, this is why you have Hillary Clinton saying that he should not concede under any circumstances because they know he would have lost, and he should have, and he did, that he was going to go ahead What's the Transition Integrity Project? Go ahead and assume control. That's why they have him meeting with foreign advisors. That's why they have him acting presidential. That's why I'm saying, is Trump letting them go ahead and execute their plan, giving them that false, uh, uh, that false sense of, of courage? So yeah, sure, you guys win. Go ahead. Just so he can hit him with the counterpunch and say, no, I'm still in control because I have another article that talks about the, the 14th Amendment so the 12th to 14th Amendment, the plan B, I'll get into that here shortly. But is that the plan? Is that why we're not seeing Trump contested run right out the gate? They'll call him a dictator. He has to wait until the fraud is so overt, so out in the open that it can't be denied. But as that takes place, as I predicted, the Democrats, the left and everybody else, they're going to foam at the mouth with vitriolic hatred as the fraud gets revealed. Because you're going to hit them with facts, January 20th, that's the deadline. You're going to hit them with facts, and their feelings and emotions are going to be triggered and upset. Let me get into this, and then we'll continue on. It says, in an interview with Fox Business host Maria Bartiromo on Friday, Navarro said that, quote, I think it's really important before people's heads explode here to understand that what we seek here is a verifiable balance certified certifiable balance and an investigation of what are growing numbers of allegations of fraud under significant affidavits by witness. My own view, looking at this election, we have what appears in some sense to be an immaculate deception. RT reports that Navarro's comments have made him the latest administration official to be the target of pushback from liberal critics. 
who took to social media to reinforce their belief Biden won the election and the slam Navarro. Quote, fellow economists have called Trump's advisor Peter Navarro a kook. Navarro proved them right again in a Fox interview this morning. CNN White House correspondent Jim Hartwood tweeted, quote, Peter Navarro's statement that our view is Trump won the election is seditious, plain and simple. Filmmaker Brian Koppelman added, now think about this. I thoroughly believe that everybody in Trump's administration is going to stab him in the back. Like the same way that I'm telling you, Trump won the election is the way that they're going to say, no, he didn't. That's why we're censoring him. He didn't win anything. That's why you're not allowed to hear anything he says. Don't listen to this guy. You know, he's, he's not your president. You don't have a president. Listen to this guy. You're, you're, you're going to have Fox News stab him in the back. You're going to have all these other media outlets stab him in the back. That's why he said he was going to come out with his own news outlet. Again, coming up with this new patriotism, this, this second American revolution thing, uh, all this stuff. You see, because again, what's happening is the truth will come out. It'll get dragged into the courts. It'll get settled there, but he'll get stabbed in the back by everybody that he helped get him there because they have already all sold out. His whole administration has been fighting all of this. They're not going to just hand him this. This is what's even more important, and I'll try to see if I can slow this down as we analyze it. It's pretty lengthy. It's a, the, the 12th Amendment. Um, you know what? Before we get into that, talking about Plan B and stuff like that, let me, let me read to you guys real quick this article that we left, that we went into the weekend with, uh, you know, because we were talking briefly about the second Trump administration, the manipulation that's going on here in our own country, our mockingbird media and CIA-run uh, communications, how they're, giving, how they're giving it to Biden. Our country's been sold out. You know, we are, we're, we're basically running rudderless trying to rediscover, like, our rights in the Constitution. Uh, but we left off into the article, or left off into the, the weekend, posting this article right here, quote, We respect the choice of the American people. China has congratulated Biden on his victory. Now, China has been trolling us throughout the entirety of Trump's presidency. For them to come out and make this type of declaration and to give credence to, to Biden's illegitimacy, it, puts a, it, it, it pokes fun at the Trump, the Trump administration. Like what this is, is again, when Biden meets with foreign leaders organizing this type of stuff, that's truly seditious. That's truly treasonous. Like, again, in the first segment, when we were talking about ideological adaptation, the technocracy revealing themselves, China's a part of that as well. Biden's trying to get us back in alignment with the Paris Climate Agreement. Uh, he wants us to rejoin the World Economic or uh, the World Health Organization and stuff like this and more. But it's, it'll be all done by design to destroy the country. So, heck, yeah, they're going to respect the choice of the controlled people because they want better deals. You see, again, so much stuff happened underneath Trump's administration that over the next couple years, we're going to be dragged back into that global economy, and then we're going to have to uphold our own SDGs, our own sustainable development goals, our own like agendas. Let me get into this, and I'll, I'll try to explain my point. Uh, this is an article written by Michael T. Snyder of The Most Important News. They put this up November 13th. This is at the end of the week that saw China stamp out one of the last bastions of political dissent in Hong Kong 
a power play that, while not unexpected, may have been encouraged or accelerated by Joe Biden's, quote, victory last week. According to some, the CPC has finally reached out to congratulate Biden, becoming one of the, late, one of the last major nations to do so, do so, according to the AP. Notably, the congratulatory message comes less than a day after the Trump administration slapped new restrictions on the U.S. investment in a few dozen Chinese companies with ties to the PLA, a sign that the Trump White House intend, indeed intends to keep the pressure on until after Inauguration Day. That is, assuming all the election results reported by the media and validated by the final account. The timing makes China's message of, quote, respect even more interesting, as many expect Biden to soften Trump's hard-line stance and move the Sino-U.S. relation back toward the way things were during the Obama administration. When Biden's son, Hunter, was busy striking lucrative deals with businessmen who were also reportedly connected to China's military and intelligence services, quote, we respect the choice of the American people, said a foreign ministry spokesperson or spokesman, Wang Wenbin. Quote, we congratulate Mr. Biden and Mrs. Harris. Wang gave no reason for the delay, but said that, quote, the result will be confirmed according to the U.S. laws and procedures. As the world waits to see whether Biden will maintain Trump's aggressive stance toward China, the AP points out that, quote, a tough stance on China has broad support across the political spectrum. However, Biden has already helped implement one set of very different foreign policy priorities during his time as VP. Political analysts expect Biden to try to resume cooperation with Beijing on climate change, North Korea, Iran, and the coronavirus. And they say Biden might pursue a more traditional, predictably pol predictable policy towards China. However, economists and political analysts expect few big changes due to widespread frustration with Beijing, with Beijing's trade and human rights record and accusations of spying and technology theft. Quote, Biden's own pronouncements and policy programs suggest that he will continue to try to maintain the U.S. technological lead and to attract manufacturing activity. Some forecasters suggest that the change from Trump, who rejected multilateral alliances, to Biden might increase pressure on China if Washington forms a coalition with other developed countries to push for policy changes. China has tried to recruit Germany, France, South Korea, and other governments as allies against Washington, but all have refused. They criticized Trump's trade tactics of surprise tariff hikes, which also were used against allies, but echo U.S. Comp complaints that China is violating its free trade commitments. Some Chinese trade experts have suggested Beijing might try to renegotiate the Phase 1 agreement signed in January as a first step towards ending the trade war. It calls for China to increase the purchases of U.S. goods in exchange for postponing further tariff hikes. But that came before the coronavirus derailed global trade, leaving China behind on, its, on meeting its commitments. Renegotiating might fit a more strategic long-term orientation expected from a Biden administration, but he, quote, cannot be seen to be soft on China after the hard rhetoric of the campaign. So what am I trying to say? With America canceled. With America first underneath the Biden administration would just be a joke. You imagine Joe Biden trying to sit at a table telling people, what they're going to do. Can you imagine Kamala Harris trying to negotiate trade? They've also said, they may have leaked this out, that they think Hillary Clinton might be an ambassador to, to the United Nations. So again, we're just going to get like another continuation of the, of, of the Bushes, of the Clintons, 
and now the Obamas. Underneath like a Biden administration. That's all it is. A CIA-run bureaucratic government that would hand over all of our power to the global elite. Again, that, that, that tiny, that technocratic dictatorial rule by a tiny elite that Klaus Schwab wanted. And this also happened last week because it, 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 it popped in my head. Co-founder of Black Lives Matter urges Biden and Harris to give top priority to its agenda. An article by Tom Ozimek from the Epoch Times, they put this up November 12th, last week. And again, this is them saying, hey, listen, we want you to go ahead and assume control. You told us you were going to win. We gave you our vote. We want something for our vote. But think about that. Dude ain't even really truly been sworn in yet, and they're already saying that they want to give top priority to his agenda, emboldening these people. But what is their agenda? What is it that they're asking for? You see? You see how the, Marx, the Marxist aspect of it to where they want to rewrite history, tearing down statues, tearing down churches. What did we read to you guys about last week, right? About the, the, the recreation of like a new new political science, like a new spirituality as brought forth by the government. Like this type of stuff is crazy. This is again a part of the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, Agenda 2030, racial and social inequality. And Joe Biden, despacito, despacito playing Joe Biden, would use Black Lives Matter to keep black folks Back on the plantation. Let me get back into this. It says Patrice Cullors, co-founder of the Black Lives Matter movement, pinned a letter to Democratic presidential contender Joe Biden and running mate Senator Kamala Harris asking for a meeting and urging the duo to give top priority to a, quote, well-thought-out, community-driven, fully-resourced agenda that addresses the particular challenges faced by black people. Cullors, who signed the letter in, in her role as leader of the Black Lives Matter Global Network, said the Biden and Harris tickets strong showing in the election rested on the support of black voters, adding that, quote, we want something for our vote. She started by congratulating Biden and Harris, referring to them respectively as, quote, president-elect and vice president, while some media outlets have called the race for Biden and Harris. The Epoch Time has chosen to wait until vote tabulation concludes and legal challenges are settled in what has become a contested election with allegations of irregularities and fraud. Black Lives Matter and another black-led black -led organizations, quote, invested heavily in this election, Collins continued, adding that the movement's electoral justice efforts reached more than 60 million voters. Quote, we don't want to be heard and our agenda prioritized, she wrote. We issue these expectations not just because black people and, mo and most consistent and reliable voters for Democrats, but also because black people are truly living in a crisis in a nation that was built on our subjugation, she added. Colors also took aim at Biden and Harris for their record on issues that have a negative impact on the black community, urging them to work with grassroots organizations to, quote, remedy past missteps and decrying the indifference of a Democrat-controlled government that refuses to wrestle with its most egregious and damnable shame. Now, as sanctimonious as that may have sounded, I guess, again, I just have to go back to this article. <laughs> this article that I'll attach the, to the description bar below and how Joe Biden's COVID-19 task force members recommend withholding food stamp and rent assistance from those who refuse the coronavirus vaccines. And when I scroll down back down here, she says she wants priority, top priority given to the Black Lives Matter agenda. 
And I'm sure free healthcare is a part of that agenda. I'm, I'm, I'm just sure it is. I'm just sure it is racial and social inequality. You've got Bill Gates and Melinda Gates saying that after the healthcare workers and the first responders, we got to give black folks and people of color, minority communities, we got to make sure they get those vaccines. How, how, how much, oh my God, how much do you want to bet that as a shine of good faith, Joe Biden would use, hey, let's give free healthcare to all the blacks. And Black Lives Matter saying, heck yeah, you know, let's, let's do this. Look at all these anti-maskers. We're better than that. How much, I could definitely see something like that happen. I could definitely see something like that happen. Because when you're asking this government <laughs> that's been, that has a history robbing you of your rights to give you something, they'll give you something. They'll give you a hot shot. They'll give you a poisonous shot. So, so, so they can keep you on the dole that much longer. That's the crazy thing. I'll put that link for, uh, for, for, for Joe Biden's COVID-19 task force plan. I can totally see something like that happening. Because we're not dealing with uh, true philanthropists and people who are altruistic. We're, we're dealing with, with, uh, with criminals. right? What better way... And I know this sounds evil, but what better way to subdue these people who are getting agitated and crazy, the Antifa Black Lives Matter group, what better way to subdue them than to give them like poisonous shots included in their health care, using these people as like ex- ex- experiments. They've seen all these people go to these protests. That's why I said whenever all the, the George Floyd protests went down, you didn't see Bill Gates say Black Lives Matter at all. Nobody did because they wanted to use these folks as experimental guinea pigs. And, the, and a lot of these people will be the first ones to line up for shots. And they'll say, well, you know what? That's part of your free health care. Look, look at what the Biden administration did for you. It's, it, it's sick, this type of stuff. Because even in, even in Joe Biden's task force plan, they talk about getting black celebrities, Hollywood stars, and music stars, influencers, getting them to, to, to normalize it, getting it to, to, to propagandize uh, uninformed people. That's how they see blacks and minorities. It's, it's crazy. If you guys go look into it, like I said, I'll put the link in the description bar so you, go, so you can go read it yourself. That's the plan. That's the plan. That's why it sounds crazy. That's why I try to look out for it because you ain't going to get me. I, you're not going to get me. But anyway, back to America canceled. Back to more of the election fraud. I wanted to get into this with the previous article where we were going over what Peter Navarro said about entering into a, a second Trump administration. Before we get into Biden and the Harris administration. Let's finish talking about this election fraud, election meddling uh, right here. Unlikely plan B, Trump could receive a second term from the U.S. House in a contingent election. Steve Bannon said this, quote, it will be the thing I believe that will formally elect Donald Trump to be the next president of the United States. An article put up over there at Signs of the Times, they put this up November 16th, and they're talking about the 12th Amendment. Now, again, this will be all settled on January 20th. But what's ha- what, what, what I worry about, though, when looking at the 12th Amendment, having somebody from the House pick the president, is Nancy Pelosi pulling out that knife, stabbing Trump in the back, declaring Joe Biden the president as she wanted, saying that the 25th Amendment will be declared on Biden because he'll be incompetent by that time frame. She can install somebody else, namely Kamala, it, it just, it, this is crazy. 
So Trump won the election. The media gave it to Biden. They'll drag it out into the courts. If and and then on January twentieth, noon, that's whenever they'll declare the president. But until then, you're going to have Biden go ahead and assume the fact that he won because the media told him to. And he has you know radicals like Black Lives Matter and other foreign elements telling him, "Hey, we need you to go ahead and see some of these agendas through. At least get some of this stuff started. You may be legitimate. You may you may be illegitimate." But we need that narrative and we need your people to adopt it, even if you don't stay with it. Let me get into this and I'll continue on. It'll, it'll, it'll make sense the more that we go through this. This is though chances are slim and the final electoral count is still pending. A little known provision of the U.S. Constitution provides an opening for President Trump to possibly salvage victory through what's known as a contingent election. Under the 12th Amendment, in a contingent election, one person does not win a majority of the Electoral College votes and the election is thrown to the U.S. House of Representatives. There, each state's delegation has one vote, and a candidate must receive the votes of a majority of state delegations to win. Because of the timing, the new Congress is, on, is the one that decides, not the outgoing one. Though final makeup of the, of the incoming House is still in flux due to ongoing ballot counting, the gap is wide enough to know that there will definitely be more Democrats overall but there will also definitely be more state delegations with a majority of delegates who are Republican. For example, although population-heavy California and New York have large predominantly Democratic representation in the House, each state would receive just the same single vote as, as assigned to lower-populated Republican-led states like Wyoming or South Dakota. This would likely ensure a Republican-majority vote in the House for Trump over rival Joe Biden. Quote, it will be the thing I believe that will formally elect Donald Trump to be the next president of the United States. Political strategist and 2016 Trump campaign CEO Steve Bannon said on Real America's Voice digital, net, digital television network last week. Lisa Dixon, executive director of the Lawyers Democracy Fund, told the Just the News she thinks that a contingent election is extremely unlikely, though there will be several, and though there were several in the 19th century including in 1985, 1925, and 1937, or 1837. Although the most famous contingent election was that fought between Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr in 1801. That epic episode was the key plot line for the smash Broadway musical Hamilton. Quote, one reason is that the required of a majority of electoral votes cast not possible electoral vote to win the electoral college, Dixon said. Quote, if a state is not able to certify their electors by the deadline, that state's electors are taken out of the total. The number of electoral votes required to win then becomes not 270, but a lower number, a majority of the total electors certified to the Electoral College. It, uh, I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't lie. It gets, it gets a little dry. Uh, basically, what they end up talking about is states have the right to vote. They think that all the states are going to vote for Trump. But then it gets led up to Nancy Pelosi, to where Nancy Pelosi will declare who's the winner. But it's very, very tricky. Um, let me pull back from that. Because what I'm trying to say is when Joe Biden's doing all this type of stuff to a weird way, he's undermining the rule of law and he is in, he's, he's, he's conducting lawlessness. That's why I started this segment off asking the question, is that Trump's plan? to allow these people to do this type of stuff so they can go ahead and carry out these plans, incriminate themselves, so he can just counterpunch, put some of these people in jail, 
assume control. Then they'll be, I can see how they would call him a dictator, but you see what I'm saying. We have our rule of law. We have a constitution. We have a natural system. We have a process. We have a way of doing this. But when you have people assuming control, meeting with foreign leaders, forming transition integrity projects, acting as if they are presidential when they're not, coming up with things like the office of the president-elect, not a real thing. It's a fake title. There's no office for that. What they're doing is they're manipulating things. This is why, again, you have the United Nations saying maybe we should oversee the U.S. elections. You have to think about how many, oh my God, like how many, how many, how many assets there are to America and who would benefit from running America, right? And at the same time, disrupting things. Uh, this is a very, very tricky time period that we're in. But as I said before, as this gets drawn out, as the fraud gets exposed, as the manipulation gets gets spotlighted, it's only going to radicalize and agitate the people that wanted to believe the lie. It's a very real thing. Uh, let me see if I can make my make it through some more of this article. See if it'll spice it up because it it, it like I said it is a little dry. Uh, it goes on to say that Dixon noted that the state legislators have control over their electors. In a Supreme Court, in a Supreme Court case last term, the court unanimously unanimously decided that states could remove or even impose fines on quote faithless electors who do not vote according to how they have pledged to vote. Not all states have quote faithless elector laws, but those laws would con- would constrain electors who wish to abstain or otherwise not vote for the person who won the presidential election in the state. In other cases. Electors are constrained by party loyalty or peer pressure, so the so cases of faithless electors, even from states that do not have faithless elector laws, are very rare. If a contingent election occurs, House members are constrained to choose only from among the top three finishers in the electoral college vote. No other candidate besides Trump or Biden has thus far earned an electoral vote this year, uh, although some, including Loyola University professor Walter Block, argued that libertarian Party nominee Joe Jorgensen played a spoiler to Trump, given that as of Monday, her, quote, vote total exceeds Mr. Biden's margin over President Trump in Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, and Pennsylvania, enough to change the outcome. Goes on to say that under the 12th Amendment, besides the House deciding the the presidency, the Senate selects a vice president. These elections are required to be finished by 12 p.m. on January 20th, 2021, for the next president and the vice president to be sworn into office. If that fails to take place, the House, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, would serve as president until Congress certifies a winner of the president of the, of, of the 2020 presidential election. So Nancy Pelosi could become our new president until Congress decides to select one. That's where it's going to end up. Something tells me that that's where it's going to end up. Because when you have this much fraud, it's not going to be over on November 3rd. It's not going to be over. On, it's not going to be over by the end of this year. It's going to be drawn out. That's why they have whistleblower key, uh, key witness testimonies. They have all the evidence they need. This stuff could go into court. And that's the plan. Who told you to do this? Who directed all this? But it won't be declared publicly. And that's gonna, that is going to upset a fair amount of people. 
And with all this stuff going on, somebody we've mentioned throughout the entirety of this transmission, Barack Obama, has accused Trump of acting like a dictator. How crazy is that? this sense over the last several years that literally anything goes and is justified in order to get power. Uh, and uh, it, that's not unique to the United States. There are strong men and dictators around the world who think that I can do anything to stay in power. Uh, I can kill people. I can throw them in jail. I can run phony elections. I can suppress journalists um, he did. but that's not who we're supposed to be and one of the signals I think that and he did though yep. Barack Obama definitely did 2012 he, he had he wrote that the NDAA to, def, to indefinitely detain journalists yeah for sure that's why I freaked out yeah no for sure this is an article written by Nima Harris over there in News Post they put this up November 16th it says Barack Obama President Trump to a dictator during an interview with CBS's 60 Minutes on Sunday. It says that the former president suggested that Trump resembled a power-hungry tyrant who would do anything to stay in power, including killing people and suppressing journalists. He's, he still failed to help out you know, Julian Assange, but I guess we, sh we, sh we should still hold that against him. Wiki WikiLeaks was one of the things that got him in there with Hillary Clinton's emails, and he still hasn't helped Julian Assange. Uh, they're just as guilty, both of them. But getting back into this, he said he added that Joe Biden needs to signal to the world that that is no longer the case. Obama's comments prompted social media users to recall his own penchant for drone, for drone strikes and water, wiretapping. RT reports that the Democrat claimed Trump's refusal to concede the 2020 election re reveals sinister character traits in the incumbent Republican. He accused Trump of believing that, quote, literally anything goes and is, just, and is justified in order to get power and in that such an aberrant philosophy is not unique to the U.S. leader. Quote, there are strong men and dictators around the world who think that I can do anything to stay in power. I can kill people, I can throw them in jail, I can run phony elections, and I can suppress journalists. Obama expressed hope that the presumed president-elect Joe Biden would reaffirm the world that Washington still has, quote, values. Reacting to his inflammatory remarks, social media users referred back to Obama's own White House term, Nothing that the ex-president might know a thing or two about suppressing journalists. Quote, Obama tapped 20 Associated Press office phone lines in the homes and phones of reporters. Trump tweets. Trump tweets mean things. Uh, <laughs> noted Hudson Institute senior fellow Rebecca Heinrichs. In 2013, the Obama administration seized records of 20, of 20 AP office phone lines in reporters' phones, homes, and cell phones without providing notice as part of a probe into disclosures of information about a foiled al-Qaeda plot. In a fact check article from 2018, the news service said that, quote, Trump may use extraordinary rhetoric to undermine trust in the press, but Obama arguably went further, using extraordinary actions to block the flow of information to the public. AP also noted that Obama weaponized the 1907 Espionage Act, using it to prosecute more whistleblowers for leaking information to the public than all previous administrations combined. Yeah, but Trump's a dictator. Trump's a dictator. But you want to start talking about a dictator. You really want to start talking about a dictator. 
Look at all of these mayors and these governors who are the true dictators. That's the problem when we start tossing around the word Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. We all become desensitized to seeing true Nazi activity. And now you have the Chicago mayor warning that you must cancel the normal Thanksgiving plans as trailers are being sent to El Paso for the dead. So as the cases rise, you no longer have your own freedom. You no longer have your own normal life. This is the new normal. You have to cancel your Thanksgiving and most likely your Christmas. That's the real dictator. You see, that's, that's what's so crazy. They look at Orange Man bad, but they can't look at how they're being dictated to. It's the sophistication of the, of the mind control. Sophistication of the brainwashing. Let's get into this article. We put this up November 12th. It comes from Ricky Scaparo over there in Time Headlines. It says, if you live in Chicago, it's time to cancel your Thanksgiving plans. That's because the mayor there has not only issued a stay-at-home advisory, she also implemented new gathering limitations and has warned residents to avoid large family gatherings for Thanksgiving. Quote, you must cancel the normal Thanksgiving plans, Chicago Mayor Lloyd Lightfoot said Thursday, particularly if they include guests that do not live in your immediate household. This new warning comes as city officials have warned that their current rate cases of coronavirus are doubling every 12 days with the current average of 2,000 cases per day. This means, according to the projections, by Thanksgiving, the city could see 4,000 new cases coming in each day. Quote, we're not set up for this level of outbreak, Chicago Department of Public Health Commissioner Dr. Allison Audrey said. Quote, and if you look at that curve, there's been no sign yet of it slowing down. If this is a warning that Chicago is on track to see 1,000 additional coronavirus deaths and even possibly more by the end of the year, if changes aren't made to slow the spread of the deadly virus. Meanwhile, it is also being reported that five trailers from the Federal Emergency Management Administration have been brought to El Paso. Texas, to help accommodate the surge of COVID-19 fatalities in the border city along with the Texas Funeral Service Commission, has also been asked to send representatives to make an assessment of the needs of the area's funeral homes and mortuaries, CBS DFW stated. Quote, 1,920 new cases of the coronavirus that causes the disease were reported in the county Thursday, a significant increase from the 1,537 new cases reported Wednesday, Mayor, De- Mayor D. Margo said. This is cancel culture. This is them saying, no more. No more will you go around commiserating, freedoming, libertying, writing, enjoying your life. Now, see, now you have to worry for this virus. Like, literally, as I got home from helping a buddy change a tire and a battery in the car, I got, like, three different stay-at-home notices on my phone. Well, three, I guess three same uh, of the notices saying, hey, stay at home, stay at home, stay at home. And just like that, Thanksgiving's been canceled. America canceled. America canceled because of the technocracy. Just like that. We have been so radicalized, brainwashed, indoctrinated, and trained to go to our phone for information about the real world that we no longer trust our own instincts. That we no longer celebrate these natural cycles of humanity, like I was saying at the start of the show, uh, going through series of times where you purge your emotions, you embrace different things. Nope, not unless your phone doesn't tell you to, you don't do that. Nope. You see, again, because as the technocrats reveal their plan and intentions, 
The people have the, the people both waken with rage and cower in fear at the starkness of their new reality. They call it the Great Reset, but we have to call it the Great Resist. The Great Resist. This is the world they're creating, and we have to do everything within our power to retain a form of normalcy. The new normal cannot be a life with vaccine identification and implantable microchips. That cannot be the new normal. We have to ask ourselves, as I've always asked, what is it that we want from this new world order? What values will we bring? What standards, what expectations, what do we want from ourselves as we carve out this great new world? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ideological Adaptation, Crusade for COVID, and Amera Cancelled. However, my friends, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know. I don't really know if I'm giving you like a deep, comprehensive view or if stuff's just getting so crazy and overt that it sounds crazy covering it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of the two. But what I do know is that's all I really have for you this week. I'll put links to the episode or links to the, the articles I went over as well as the videos, uh, as well as the My Patriot Supply Store of Goods link. So you can go ahead and get yourself some of that. Everything we cover is to help you prepare for what they're trying to do. That's why I don't know if it's like deep or comprehensive. I'm just doing the best I can. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out. Yeah. <laughs>